0: Thank you. Welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Renee, joined as always by Miss Brittany Braunwalker. Hey. And Miss Christine Steimer. Hey. And today we are joined by a lovely special guest, Miss Sydney Goodman. Hello. Hey. Welcome to the show, Sid. So, for people out there um, that don't know, Sid and I met. a couple of years back, I think it was at a PAX is when we met. Um, and we had the opportunity recently to work together at the game awards because Sydney was one of the on camera hosts with Mr. Jeff Keeley and I was hosting backstage and that was super fun. And, uh, where can people see you now, Sid?
1: Yeah, you can find me, um, I stream regularly on my Twitch and YouTube channels. That is uh, YouTube.com slash and Twitch.tv slash So Good. And uh, you can find me in the occasional BuzzFeed Blue video.
0: And that is S-Y-D, by the way. Yes, thank you. S-Y-D. Yeah, don't get it wrong, guys. Yeah, I'll come People after you. get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I won't
1: come it's after you.
0: <laughs> um, sorry if you guys hear my notifications going off. I'm realizing I didn't mute all the things I needed to mute. Whoops. Um, welcome to your source for video game news commentary, analysis, funny stuff. Again, this is the What's Good Game podcast. We're glad that you guys are here. Um, we have a little bit of housekeeping that we'd like to go over right here at the top of the show, uh, before we get into some news this week. And there's some good stuff this week. Um, over on Patreon.com slash What's Good Games, we have a brand new exclusive Patreon <laughs> video that is live for you guys to check out. And oh boy, is oh. it a doozy this month. Oh uh, boy. Snorlax, do you want to talk about what's in that video? Yes,
2: I can. I am Snorlax. <laughs> Hello. So we had the great idea, thanks to Trevor Starkey, friend of the show, uh, to talk to Pikachu Pikachu through Amazon Echoes Alexa. And it's about... a. Fifteen minute video or so, and it took half of that video just to get Pikachu to talk to us. So true. Uh, we drank a lot, and we made a conversation, had meaningful conversations with the electric mouse, and we danced a lot. And it's uh, we kept trying to get him all to use conversations Thunderbolt and he use Thunderbolt though. Oh, uh, that sounds like, like a dream.
0: It, yeah. Oh, sorry, st- sorry, Steimer. What were you saying? Oh, I said we tried to get him to use Thunderbolt like fifty times.
2: Oh, and he did. At the end, he listened to me. That little bastard. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> after i <laughs> glared at him killed him with my eyes no it was it was it was uh, it was fun. it's definitely one of the more entertaining ones i was watching it um before i posted it and i was laughing to myself in a room it was great definitely yeah, i was watching dollars. it when
0: i was editing it and it was ridiculous
2: and i got to wear my Snorlax onesie it was very hot and humid but it was good i danced worth
0: it though Hashtag worth it. Yeah. Um, so if you guys want to check that out, it, you could, all you have to do is pay just one dollar a month to get access to that exclusive video. There is a brand new video every month. That one dollar, of course, will get you access to our Patreon feed where we post things. It'll get you access to previous Patreon exclusive videos. And those videos are always exclusive 100% to Patreon. You will never find those videos anywhere else. So again, that's patreon.com slash what's good games plus a major Fan Expo is coming up in just a few weeks. PAX East, everybody, but the Penny Arcade Expo, happening April 5th through the 8th in Boston. We have the What's Good Games Live panel on Friday, April 6th at 3 p.m. in the Arachnid Theater. If you have plans to go to PAX, please come see us at our panel. We would love to hear from you. We would love to hug and high-five and take photos. Plus, Britt and I are almost done planning our What's Good Games Happy Hour. So immediately after the panel, from 5 to 7 p.m. on Friday... We will be doing a What's Good Games meet and greet happy hour. We're still finalizing the location, but if you guys are going to be in Boston, even if you don't have a past two packs, uh, please come meet us at the meet and greet once we finalize. And you can find all of those details on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash What's Good Games. And we will update that event as soon as we have all of the details, but head on over there. And if you are planning on coming, it would really help us out for planning purposes if you could RSVP. I know the super old-fashioned to be like, guys, you need RSVP for the thing. Um, but we're trying to finalize the space, and we kind of need to know how many people are coming. Because if you joined us at our PSX meetup, you know that we, uh, we underestimated how many people were going to come. And it got uh, a little hairy really quickly, and we definitely can't do that back. So we want to be a little bit more prepared this time. So if you are planning on coming by and saying hi and having a drink and, um, shooting the shit with us about video games, uh, let us know. That'd be great. And obviously, like, you know, we're not going to like hold you to it. If you can't make it, you can't make it. But if you're planning or even thinking about it, just click yes. I'm coming. That'd be great. Thanks. Um, okay. Um, Britt, you have a note in here that's in bold in the show notes. You want to talk do. about that?
2: Ladies and gentlemen. Those of you who use Apple devices, you are listening to us through the iTunes. There are eight percent of you who are not subscribed to us. I know this because I went into our analytics, yes. So we would greatly appreciate. Pull over <laughs> to the side of the road. I don't care. Just just don't hurt anyone. Hit that little subscribe button. That's, that's that helps us out a lot. Please, I'm about to Eight
3: percent. Eight percent of are you part of the, part of the eight percent? Are you part of the 8% who you number. are?
2: <laughs> don't be part of the eight percent. No, I'm going to keep. Terrible number. Every week I'm going to update us with that number. Better start going down. It's not going to be good for you. I would Wait, love to. See that'd that be great. Right now. Just like 7%, <laughs> no. 6%. I will.
0: Okay. Okay. S- someday oh, we will get to 100% of iTunes users will be subscribed to the podcast. That's right. And if you want to, you know, if you're feeling really ambitious, if you want to leave a review, that would be cool too. Ooh. Hopefully, it's a positive one. If you don't have something nice to say, maybe don't say anything at
3: all. Not maybe just I, unsubscribe and stop listening to us. Yeah, there you go. Maybe
0: just, yeah. Maybe. Why are you here? There's plenty other um, things to do. Okay. Um I do want to mention um we have a message from Outer Space from Alexa Ray, but I'm going to wait until the second segment to read it because... Right now, I need to tell you about one of our awesome sponsors for the show, Ripped Gamers, but please stay tuned for the second segment. I have a message from Alexa Ray for you guys. But now I'm going to tell you that this week's episode is brought to you by Ripped Gamers. So the thing with gaming is that we often spend a lot of time sitting around, and that can mean that we don't end up as fit and healthy as we'd like. So our friend over at Ripped Gamers, Tim Ross, was in the same boat himself, and he got sick of feeling in worse shape than every Ripped RPG character he played. So he decided to do something about it. Fast forward to today, and he's lost over 40 pounds, got a college degree in exercise prescription, and helped dozens of others start their own weight loss journey. Attorneys. Tim, is super passionate about gaming and wants to help other gamers around the world get healthy and feel better about their bodies. He's created a home-based zero equipment required fitness program and nutrition strategy designed specifically for video gamers. You can join the ripped gamers, Facebook community for advice, support, or just to meet some fitness minded gamers. Brett and I are popping in there. We see new WGGers in there all the time. It's awesome. And if you guys are really serious, he even offers one-on-one entirely online coaching. What's kind of crazy, though, is that everything over at Ripped Gamers is completely free. The program, the Facebook group, and even the one-on-one coaching. Tim is just here to help you get fit. So if you want to kickstart your fitness journey and get working towards your goals, head on over to RippedGamers.com, that's dot com, and download your free program and join the community. Everything you need to lose weight is right at your fingertips and 100% free. So big shout out to Tim. Thank you so much for sponsoring the show. Um... We had some cool people pop in and say that they found RIP Gamers because of What's Good Games, and that is awesome. And uh, I saw some people were kind of using it as like an LFG, which I think is kind of funny and great at the same time. Yeah. Um, like, hey, guys, who wants to run some Monster Hunter? Um, and also, uh, what can I eat for breakfast tomorrow? It's great. <laughs> it's a great place to ask, you know, all the things that are on your mind.
1: <laughs> Love it.
0: Um, All right. So let's get into some news. It's been an eventful week. But before we get to what happened this week, there was a couple key pieces of news that I wanted to touch on briefly from last week. Uh, most importantly... Nintendo Direct has confirmed Super Smash Brothers is coming in 2018 for Nintendo Switch. Woo! That was a weird, weird reveal <laughs> trailer thing. I was like Splatoon.
3: They just oh. showed this. Oh, it's I loved it. it.
2: Came back on. I was like, Oh my god! And then I screamed so awkwardly and so weird that my mom was over at the time. They everyone ran in. They're like, Are you okay? Like they just revealed Smash. I was not expecting it. At, during and that so Nintendo when, Direct. Wait, when
3: the Splatoon the character came back up were you like it's another splatoon thing or did you know it was smash oh i knew it
2: was smash i was like oh this has to be smash absolutely what foresight yeah well i mean (laughs) think about it like the the rumor like you're gonna have the (laughs) inklings you're gonna have the arms character in there and so as soon as the inklings came back out i was like there's no reason for these little squid creatures to be back on this screen right now and then unless they're gonna announce smash and then they did and when it came to focus on her on her pie that was it i lost my mind Oh
1: my god! I have what chills you with think? you just re-describing it. I I lost my mind, and I don't sit. I was at work, and I don't sit next to anybody who plays games. And I like got up from my desk, and was
0: like, "New Smash," and I was like, "I don't understand why. I don't get it." It's like, okay, it's fine. It's okay. I, I'm obviously like you guys know. I'm not a big Smash player. The only fighting game I've ever had any love for is Mortal Kombat. Um, but I I think it's great. I don't understand why people lost their minds because we knew that a smash announcement was coming and we just, I think the surprising factor was 2018. So of course for me, I think if it's coming 2018, this has to be super smash bros deluxe, right? Or do you think it's like a wholly new smash?
2: Well, it gets tricky because what defines a sequel and what defines a deluxe anymore, especially with a game like smash, we already Mm -hmm. have over 50 characters. You have so many stages when I think about something they could implement in the next Smash, I want another single player campaign mode. There was supposed to be one in Smash 4, but that got scrapped because I got annoyed that people leaked the CG for the campaign. He's like, well, now that these screen, this, have you, do you, do you remember this? The CG. No, seems- I don't follow Smash, so okay. tell me about this. Okay, so there's a single player campaign, I think, in most, if not all, of the Smashes, um, up until Brawl. And then for Smash 4, there was going to be one, but someone found the cinematic scenes for the single-player campaign, you know, whatever they were, and uploaded them to the internet. Sakurai, who's been working on the series, got really pissed off, and he was like, well, now no one's going to care about the single-player campaign because all of the scenes have been leaked, so they scrapped it. Yeah, so that's the wow. thing that yeah, that's wow. the thing that happened. I that's a, I'm taking my toys
3: and going home move. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so I would love to see another single player campaign in the next smash, like a true blue something like we got in Brawl the Subspace emissary, or whatever the hell it was called. Um and then I would also like to see more streamlined tournament shenanigans in this next smash. Mm-hmm. You can't yeah, it, it's kind of weird. My understanding is that the only way you could do 1v1 tournaments is what was if you were to participate in the events that Nintendo held. Now the problem with that is you would be in the queue for like thirty to fifty minutes just to sign up for it and then you'd have to wait for like forty five more minutes until the tournament started. And during that time you could not back out at all. And if you did, you would lose your spot. And so it was just kind of one of those things it's like, well why and that was brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. The only tournament mode you could run yourself was a, a free for all. So and that makes no sense. Like, you know, people want to do the tournament style smash that you see at places like Evo and whatnot. You couldn't replicate that on uh, the last smash, so I'm excited. I suck at smash. I thought I was good until I played a real player, but I am still um, team. I'm in the same boat. Yeah,
3: how <laughs> I'm, I'm so bad at smash is I die because I fall off the world. Like I just kill myself. <laughs> I'm always like, "What's happening? There's a butterfly. I'm dead." Okay, great. You just fall See, off I, the platform. I'm yeah. so bad
1: at smash, and I honestly like okay, Smash is fun to me, but fine. But I think that I'm just so excited for the community because I've gotten more and more into the Smash scene and, like, oh, they're just so amazing. Like, I love them so much and I'm excited to see, like, what this brings to the table for them.
2: Mm-hmm. We'll see. Me, I too. I hope it's well, what they I want. To... I do, yeah, too. Well, <laughs> I, I have am- to have have imagine we're
0: going to get a big reveal at E3 and that it's going to launch after their online service goes live in September. Hopefully they'll work out some kinks. Maybe it'll go live in October or November. Be a really great holiday title for them. But we'll keep tabs on that. I just wanted to mention it since it was pretty big news. Other big news Black Ops 4 was confirmed. Call of Duty came out and said yes Black Ops 4 is a thing. We're working on it. The worldwide reveal is coming in May and then bam dropped the release date October 12th which is out of character for them they have had the same launch in november for the last i think four or five years in a row and they've really kind of dominated that now moving ahead of course the logical assumption here is oh everyone wants to get out of the way of red dead which is coming at the end of october but if i think about it call of duty is known for map packs and it seems to me that it would make sense that if they release earlier, because then they could release more map packs by the end of the year. Am I the only one that thinks that way? Mm. No.
2: Call of Duty no. gonna do what Call of Duty gonna do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Call of Duty. I, mean, <laughs> I
3: don't know. I guess for you, I'm like, yeah, okay, that sounds like a fine date. Good. Ship <laughs> so it. I was like, you guys I'm not so, so very anyway. excited! It's I was fine. so excited. Well, you're more. <laughs> I'm, <a laughs> I'm a multiplayer. I'm a multiplayer yeah. like.
1: Sid, I'm well, with so you. were you
3: excited Sid?
1: i am so hyped oh my gosh i saw a photo of i think it was james Harden was wearing in a cap but this was i think the day before they actually announced it and it had like yeah. the four lines and i saw that going around twitter i was like
0: hold the phone
2: Black Ops Four is coming.
0: Clear my schedule, but why? But why would they give a baseball hat to an <laughs> athlete to wear ahead of the reveal? Like it seems like the most stupid decision ever. Hype. I'm sure they were like. Make sure, yeah exactly like they probably Hype.
3: wanted a weird leak like that.
1: Oh, see in like my weird. head, I was I'm hoping that it was like like hey here we're gonna announce it on this day. Please don't wear it before then. And then he was totally.
3: like, oh here's this cool hat. And he was like, what day did you say? I don't <laughs> yeah. know. At these four lines on the hat. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay, okay. I just no like question. calling the game blippity blops. My favorite way to say.
2: So when it comes to Black Ops 5, assuming there's going to be a Black Ops 5, are they going to use a little hashtag like through the four and it's going to be like one, two, three, four, five? Ooh, or I, hope add so. I hope so. I really hope so. That's,
0: That's way cooler, I mean, cooler than using the V. Yeah, they're flying in the face of Roman numerals right now. I'm kind of annoyed by it. I'm like, just use, if you're going to use the Roman numerals, use the Roman numeral. Did they, they ever confirm it's Roman numerals
1: though? Do we know
0: no. that it's not
3: tallies? I think as well. It definitely say, tallies. It's, yeah, it's like when you're in prison and
2: you're just making. <laughs>
0: Lines to see how long you've been okay. in there makes sense. I love that that's where you went with this timer. <laughs> it's like prison. Um, well, we're hoping to be in um, in on that reveal event. We're going to reach out to Activision and ask if we can come down and check it out and, and see where it's going to go. Um, Black Ops clearly one of the favorites of the Call of Duty franchises that are out there. Uh, Call of Duty Zombies, you know, really originating with Black Ops, and the competitive multiplayer probably a fan favorite. Would you agree with that? Sid in Black Ops?
1: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think that they do a really good job of understanding what players want. Um, from what I've heard, specifically in the esports community, um, they understand like making a solid competitive map, which I think just translates really well trickling down to a more casual player.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So clearly Activision, having been crushing it, always with this franchise have anticipations so that it's going to be good it's going to be interesting to see where they take the single player aspect mm-hmm. because it was so cinematic with world war ii i don't know how they're going to one-up themselves but if anybody can succeed <laughs> i would imagine it would be activision with call of duty um in the last piece of news from last week that we want to confirm uh, that we received <laughs> the division two has been confirmed and it will be revealed at E3 2018. I'm actually pretty excited about this news. I didn't spend nearly as much time with the division as I wanted to originally Mm -hmm. because I think it just – had a few hiccups when it launched, and there was still a bunch of other games happening. And I was getting back into Destiny at that time, and I just didn't have time for two games as services. But the people that I know that really got into that game said that with all of the updates, it really got good. Kind of how Destiny from vanilla to where it was at the Taking King really progressed and became a really fully fleshed out live experience. And Ubisoft has just been crushing it with games as services over the last couple of years. So. I'm pretty pumped for this. Did any of you really get hyped when uh The Division originally came out? I played for like 60 hours. I'd say well, probably I don't
3: know, probably like 60 or lot. less. Um I played cuz I played co-op. Um and the thing that I stopped I stopped playing because um honestly the cosmetics weren't doing it for me. Like I just felt like we were just wearing the same puffy coat, different versions of it. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm somebody that is very attracted to shiny pretty things. So I I, didn't, I I couldn't make myself look the way I wanted to look. I like wanted to be cute and I didn't think I could be cute. So I bounced.
2: <laughs> I was really into the division when we were seeing it at the Ubisoft press conferences. Um, mm-hmm. But I got a little confused with the marketing. Of it. I didn't know if it was a game that you had to play with other people. And I don't. Typically, you know, if I don't know you very well, I'm a little apprehensive to playing with people. It's just a thing. I play games to escape. And if you're going to be like a troll, maybe I don't want to deal with it. Um, but I actually, actually just started playing the division. I'll talk about this more in the hands on uh, section because I started looking into it and I was like, Oh, the campaign itself, you can play co-op with like just one other person. I didn't know that. That's why I've been sleeping on it for so long. So well, now it's all updated and stuff too. Yeah. So you can, I'm sure it's better when
0: I, I played it at the launch. So. So, Sid, what did you think of The Division? Did you play it when it first came out?
1: I played it a little bit. It was something, gosh, because they announced it at an E3. I can't remember what year it was. And then it felt like forever before it came out. And I remember following it and all the trailers, and I was just, like, so pumped about it. But, like you said, I was playing Destiny at the time, and my whole destiny crew went to go play the division and we probably we probably only tanked like five hours into it and we were all just like i'd rather be playing destiny right now
0: <laughs> right and, Destiny yeah. was
1: so good back then and that was like the golden age of destiny not that i'm not confident it can come back but you know like things were really rolling
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's true it is sad to think about that um I got that question recently on Games Daily about like, is Destiny two too far gone? Is it can could they recover? And I was just like, I don't know. I don't know if it's recoverable. They really kind of screwed the pooch on this one. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm still rooting for them. I believe it, and when
1: it happens, I might come back. But please, just please, just fix it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna keep our fingers crossed that they they get their act together for the next expansion. But I'm not. I'm not holding my breath. To totally. Um, Okay, so let's actually get to the news that's happening this week. The biggest piece of news out this week, Shadow of the Tomb Raider is coming this fall. So this originally appeared as a teaser countdown on the Square Enix website um to celebrate the launch of the Tomb Raider movie, which we're going to talk about in just a minute. And then some enterprising individuals were like, yo, if you just inspect the HTML, oh, God. there's a hidden message. So over on Kotaku, the write-up was, a new teaser countdown from Square Enix promises a big Tomb Raider reveal, but a quick HTML check. We'll give it to you right now. Shadow of the Tomb Raider is coming this September. If you head to the official Tomb Raider website, you'll see a message promising an announcement, which was earlier this week. And that was on, technically, Thursday, March 15th, 2018, 6 a.m. Pacific time. The announcement is... Shadow of the Tomb Raider is the climactic finale of Lara's origin story, available September 14th, 2018. So Square did come forward and reveal this on Thursday, that yes, the game is in development, which we knew that was, that's been rumored for quite some time. And now they are confirming the release date. This is crazy to me that they're announcing the release date. And the release date's so quick. It's just
2: in a few months. I think this is awesome. It was in a promotional video maybe a year or two ago, but they, they, Square Enix said, you know, when we launch Shadow of the Tomb Raider at that time, it was the next Tomb Raider game. It was going to be a short period between announcement and launch, which I'm all for. Thank you. That means I don't have to, you're not dangling the carrot in front of me for like years and years. But man, poor Square Enix. Remember like Halloween of 2016 when Shadow of the Tomb Raider was leaked because some guy on a Montreal subway was looking at it? And the guy, a person on Reddit took a picture of it. It's just like, yep. man.
3: <laughs> like, But that one at least, that one's, I mean, it's not understandable, but it's more understandable to me than them having this in the HTML. Like, you know, <laughs> your audience is a bunch yeah. of nerds. Like, you know, it's really easy to, ins- I can inspect the HTML of this page. Like, <laughs> come on. So the fact that they left that in there, I'm like, who did you,
0: who had, who built this? Why? Yeah. Did you, why? That's, I agree that it was a stupid mistake that somebody is clearly going to get in trouble for. But I mean, at least the announcement is happening. you know, the from the when the leak happened to when the announcement happened, I believe was like thirty six hours. Maybe less than that even. So it's not like the end of the world, but, um, just some additional information, um, from Kotaku about who's developing this being developed by IDOS Montreal, the studio behind Thief, Deus Ex Human Revolution and Deus Ex Mankind Divided. The previous two games were made at the San Francisco based Crystal Dynamics, which is now working on the Avengers game. Ida's Montreal also entering the Marvel Universe with a Guardians of the Galaxy game uh, that has not yet been announced. So this is interesting because it kind of makes you think about some tough questions. Is it going to be as good as the first two because Crystal's not working on it? Or is Crystal working on it? And if they are, how much of their team was working on it versus how much of their team is working on the Avengers title? Do we think that Eidos Montreal is going to be able to, you know, pick up the torch or pick up the baton, however you want to say it, and really do this last finale piece in the trilogy justice? Do you guys have any concerns or thoughts? My only concern is that this happened with Bioware. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm sorry, I'm right. Kidding. It's just
3: a Montreal thing, but they are completely unrelated. What do you got against Montreal Game <laughs> Studios, Stimer? I have nothing against Montreal, I'm just pissed saying off people that now Fire Montreal kinda, kinda screwed the pooch to use the <laughs> term you used earlier with, uh, with Mass Effect. But no, I think, I mean, the fact that Eidos Montreal has done beef and Deus Ex, like, should, should be, be fine. Should be fine? Knock on wood. Um, and I imagine that somebody at Crystal, like they have to at least have some sort of visionary there who's helping guide mm-hmm. this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. No timed exclusive this time, ladies and gentlemen. Never nope. fret. You're a PlayStation 4 owner. You don't have to wait a year. Was it a year? It was a year. A year. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was a long it was a long time. And no PC too had to wait, didn't they? I think they did, yeah.
1: I don't think it was as long, but if I remember correctly, PC had a little bit of a lag time too.
2: Are you ladies surprised that there's no Switch announcement for this? No. No, I'm
0: not surprised. Listen, like, Switch is great for a lot of things. This game, I hope they're going to make it more open world than the last game was, and the last game was more open world than the first game. And so if they're going to continue to build upon that, the Switch just, I don't think, is ready. If you're going to sacrifice resolution, frame rate, and raw graphic power, if you put this game on switch, not to say that they can't make a dumbed down version of it, but I mean, that seems to me like a port that comes after launch, like six to 12 months, even longer, maybe after launch. It's not like a day and date. I don't see why they would make that a priority.
2: I'm excited. I love the last two Tomb Raider games. And the last one, uh, rise of the Tomb Raider ended on quite a bang. (laughs) My main issue with
3: Laura in that, in the second one was like, she just get, got way too self-important for me, and I kind of wanted to strangle her toward the end of the game because she was like, "Sorry, I'm gonna my spoilers." I mean, I'm not gonna spoil the plot, but stuff she says, anyways. Um, she was like, "My father died for this," and you're like, "Did you not just see like the thirty people who just died?" protecting the thing you're trying to get to do they not count is it just your dad that you're mad about like what are you serious <laughs> like i was just i was yeah. like oh i kind of hate her like i kind of hated her toward the end of that game interesting See, I,
2: I guess that kind of stuff doesn't really bother me because i feel like it's so fairy tale-esque in like the video it's, it's part of fiction right you always have the hero like look at all the uncharted games like look at how many hundreds of people die in like that game and yeah it's- but those were like other innocent people like,
3: and it's not like, to me, yes, Nathan Drake can kill 500 mercenaries because they're trying to kill him. <laughs> like, the, the people who were dying that Laura didn't give a shit about were all these people who were trying to help her. They were like, like <laughs> they're all the native people and like, they're all dying because the fucking Trinity's an asshole and That's she true. just didn't seem to care. I mean, she cared a little bit, but not as much as her dad.
2: No, Dad I, was, is the I most agree.
3: Person in the world, it's
0: true. I agree that there was a lot of narrative dissonance in that game, and not just in the second one, but in the first one as well. I mean, we've talked about this before. How you know you've brought up that rebar scene where she gets impaled, and how it's just so unbelievable you can get impaled through your abdomen and then go on to like complete a whole game and fight and <laughs> live and not internally bleed to death. You know, and like the idea that it's so hard for her to kill that deer in the beginning of the game, but then she murders like hundreds of people throughout the rest of the game. Okay, to be like, fair, um, you
2: can barely hunt a monster in Monster Hunter, but you can kill tons of people in other games. Andrea Renee,
0: no, that here's the thing. My game. point. My point is, is you're playing a character, whereas in Monster Hunter, it's a created character, right? It's my hunter. As I customize her, and she has thoughts and feelings that I have infused into her. Whereas Larkcroft is like an iconic, like narrative, f- fictional figure, right? Like, and the reason why I I, I struggle with it is because it's like you got to pick a lane. Either she's a badass tomb raiding bitch who can mow <laughs> down anybody, or. Or she's not. Or she's like a pansy-ass bitch who cries when she gets stuck ah! through rebar in her abdomen. <laughs> like, I would yeah, do that. Bitch, For the record.
2: <laughs> no, this is all really interesting. It's stuff like I guess I don't really think about. Because I'm like, I'm playing a video game. None of this stuff really makes sense anyway. I can't get shot five times and then my health starts to drop. You know, I should be shot once and then fall, yeah. but I don't. So it's interesting to hear about, like what you ladies pick up on and what kind of irks you and what doesn't. What you're able to write off as just... This is a video game world, or this is like supposed to be realistic.
0: Yeah, I just, yeah. yeah okay. Go ahead,
3: Stimer. I was going to say, I think like for it's what they focus on. So, like every video game, yes, you get shot. Like it's a it's a staple, I guess. Is why I'm okay with it. Like you, you're going to get take damage you would not normally be able to take. However, when it's like, um,
2: and I'm the narrative—the right
3: word—but well, more of like the cinematics of it and like the way they present it to be like oh, she's impaled with three bar. And I'm like, she'd be dead. <laughs> so short game. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with a short game, but like, I don't think you meant for it to be that short. I mean, and I actually remember, I feel like um, when I saw the game in a preview event, I think, because I think I was still at IGN maybe, or I don't know why I was there, but I was at a preview event. And I actually I brought that up with them. I was like, "That rebar is huge, and the way it's like hitting her, she would die. She would just straight up, she'd be dead in that cave." And there he's like. We've actually heard a few people saying that, and then in of the course. final in the final game, I will say they made the rebar smaller. <laughs> we listened to your feedback, and we listened to your feedback. Instead of not having her get impaled, we made the bar smaller, so it would be less likely to impale a important organ. What I
1: found interesting is that that didn't bother me like at all in the game. Besides, kind of wincing when I saw that, but when we saw the movie. My first instinct was, this is so unrealistic. What is happening right now? She would be dead. And I don't know. I, I guess I never really realized the different standards I have when I'm playing a game. And like you said, you take bullet damage. So I think I'm kind of in this fantasy land. And when I'm watching a film, and to me, that has to be more grounded in reality.
0: Yeah, it's yeah kind so let's of talk like, about the film. Oh, um. Yeah. So, so sorry, Brett. where were you going to
2: say? No, I was, go on with your bad self. Let's talk about the film. Uh-
0: um so um Sid you've seen it and Mm Steimer you've seen it correct yeah together yeah awesome so obviously try to keep any spoilers away if you can but um let's um let's talk about it I've the reviews are out now Mm -hmm. uh the movie is out today when the podcast Mm -hmm. goes live um I it feels like it's a mixed bag it feels like some people are like this is an awesome video game movie and some people are like eh it kind of sucks um and that's a bummer Uh, I was hoping to get a lot of good feedback, but um, what did you, what did you think? How how did you, how did you find it?
1: Stammer, do you want to go first? No, no, Sid, you are lovely. I have have opinions. So I actually, I am somebody who has a hard time watching a movie and saying, oh, this is so fun. Yay. I like movies that like make you feel stuff, you know? And so going in to see this movie, I only saw it because Lara Croft is my hero. She's insane. She's amazing. She's such a badass. And I came out of it having so much fun. I thought it was incredible. It was easily the best video game, video game adaptation into a movie that I've seen. I just I felt like there were certain moments that were kind of nods to people who have played the game, and maybe it's because I recently played the first one. Where she's, and this isn't a spoiler necessarily, but she's sitting on a let or standing, and she almost like looks up. And it felt in that moment that I could almost feel my finger kind of, like, push her up to grab whatever she was looking at. And, like, those kind of little moments for me, like, were enough. There were some wonky parts that were kind of cringy, you know, dialogue that you kind of were like, "Ah, please stop talking. Just start running and shooting things. (laughs) Um, But I didn't feel like that overshadowed the fact that it it was a really fun, good movie.
3: Yeah, no, I totally agree, and I like uh, another nod to video games that I thought was clever was some of the sound effects that they did. So there are certain parts where um, the sound design mimics what happens when you uh, are pretty like low on health in the game. So like you know when like you feel the heart, you hear the heartbeat. They kind of do a few of those moments, and I was like, that's really cool the way that they they kind of tied that in there. And for the most part, if you've played the first game. You kind of get you kind of know what this movie is, but I will say the direction they took with the movie I preferred over the game. Hmm. The way Interesting. they took, the, way, the way the route they took the plot, I was like so you like saying this. the
0: outcome of the movie is different than the game? Um the result.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, not like obviously she's Laura Croft at the end, like right? still. But um I mean like the turning point or whatever like the the twist they've changed slightly um, and I've far preferred it to the game.
1: I'm not caught up on the game so that's interesting Would to hear. Would you say,
2: Simer it's your favorite video I'm trying to be video. really vague. <laughs> Would you say it's your favorite video game movie? It's. I think it's my
3: favorite video game adaptation. Yeah. I still stand by Jumanji <laughs> being a really fucking good video game movie. Wait, you feel that way too? I honestly I think, think Jumanji, Jumanji is
1: like the best video game movie.
3: Yes, and people were so mad at me on Twitter. They were like, it's not a video game, therefore it doesn't count. I'm like, they were in a video game the whole time. What are you talking about? <laughs> I
0: think that's, I think that's, you're getting into a semantical debate at that point with Jumanji. Cause when I think Jumanji, I don't think The Rock's Jumanji, I think Robin Williams' Jumanji. And I think about how that movie was amazing, but that's a board game, right? But it's not my um, fault they
3: didn't change the name of the movie.
0: Yeah. You're right. It's not your fault at all. But like, it's the internet, and people are going to argue with you about semantics. Yeah, I didn't. That's- I mean, I didn't argue back. I just like scrolled through. and Was like, huh,
3: whatever, and like went on with my life. But was <laughs> mute. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. But- overall, I felt that it similarly to Sin. We like we left, and we were like, oh, that was fun, and like we liked certain parts, uh, like action parts, and like, um sorry again like terrible descriptions because i'm trying to be yeah feedback um but i do i will say the one thing I, as i left i was like sid we need to start doing pull-ups yes <laughs> this is going to be extremely important in our future life <laughs> yeah i mean some if anxiety. anything
1: this was a huge psa for why you should be able to pull yourself up on yes, ledges hanging off of things you're gonna die <laughs>
3: yeah you might die if you don't do
2: your pull-ups girls i literally do pull-ups. don't think i've done one or two single pull-ups in my entire life i've I've never never, been able to i've never had upper body strength
3: i can only do assisted pull-ups so i would also be dead we would all die we would would all die
2: (laughs) that's upsetting
1: Good thing um, I saw that uh, movie. Do,
0: like ten pull-ups. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, right? No, I can't. Uh, that's, that's i don't, a lot. I don't think so. No. <laughs> I'm gonna call shenanigans. Push-ups. On that. I can do a lot of push-ups. Pull-ups. No, Nope, nope, nope. Push-ups. No. Pull-ups are very much harder. <laughs> um. Well, I'm excited to go see it. I still have to go see A Wrinkle in Time. I'm kind of behind on my movies, but um, it's going to be hard for anybody to dethrone Mortal Kombat as my favorite video game movie of all time. But we'll see if Tomb Raider can do it. As long as it succeeds where Assassin's Creed failed because dang oh dang was that Assassin's Creed movie real real bad real bad
2: <laughs> real bad
0: <laughs> and it's playing on HBO right now so every once in a while I'll like flip it on hoping that it's gonna be better like the third or fourth <laughs> time and I'm like no it's just you're like did no. the plot change no cool no All right, it's bye. still really just bad
2: I couldn't even um, finish that movie <laughs> Can I do it?
0: Yeah, you you walked out, right?
2: No, that was a a different movie. But no, I watched this one at home, and I couldn't even finish it at home with a few whiskeys. I'm like, I can't do it. He's suspended in some weird mechanical thing up in the air. People are dying. I don't know what's happening. That was it. Yeah. Don't, don't bother.
0: No. Um, all right, moving on. Next story. Uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, the press release I received in my email says, hold me closer, Shadow Dancer. No, you gotta Sega do it Genesis in song, girl. Classic. Please, Please do. Hold me closer, Shadow Dancer. Thank you. Is that what you were looking for, Stimer? That's uh, beautiful. The Thank Sega you. Genesis Classics are coming to the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One on May 29th. It's set to release both digitally and physically. And the collection has over 50 retro classics to experience across every genre, arcade action, shooters, beat-em-ups, puzzlers, old favorites, and hidden gems with a raft of modern features. These include online multiplayer achievements, mirror modes, rewind, and save states, meaning players old and new should find revisiting these great games an absolute Sonic 3D blast. Oh my gosh. I see (laughs) see what you did there. (laughs) Indulgent. This is an indulgent press release. The physical edition will be available for pre-order... Uh, from US and EMEA retailers very soon. It comes with a double sided Golden Axe and Streets of Rage poster, identical to the ones you will see in the game's 90s inspired retro game gamer bedroom. The hub through which players can access the entire collection and details of the digital pre order will be available very soon. If that wasn't enough, retro fans, um, if that wasn't enough to see retro fans through to, the- oh my gosh, I can talk. <laughs> And okay. if that wasn't enough to see retro fans through to the end of the millennium, the players of the Sega Genesis Classic on Steam will also be treated to the treasures of King Knoll in the form of a huge free update on the feature set, giving it parity with the console launch when it releases on May 29th. So, of course, this has previously come to PC, and now they're bringing it to console. The big whiff here... Which I think a lot of people out there are asking is, is why isn't this coming to Switch as well? This doesn't make sense. If you're going to do a collection of old games, why not on Switch too?
2: Yeah. If think it's the install base of the Switch, could that be it? No, because the software tie is really
3: good. Like they're um,
2: for their. I agree. But yeah. I'm like, bro, what the heck? I mean, they also have the Namco arcade collection. They have some Neo Geo games on there. So it's not like they're opposed to having. It just doesn't make any sense. This would be perfect. Maybe, maybe they forgot. They forgot. They forgot about the like, Twitch. <laughs> I, don't,
0: I don't, I can't, it can't be that, uh, it can't be that they forgot. No. I, I think that, I know, I Maybe they just didn't work out a deal quick enough. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a, an email in somebody's inbox at Nintendo, and the Nintendo was like, "Yo, we're, we're busy selling Mario over here. We get, we'll get back to you about that Sega Genesis BS." <laughs> and then now they're like, "Oh, oops, I was supposed to answer that email, Steve. My bad." As as Alana said last week, when she was like, "Ooh, the certificate guy left."
3: Be <laughs> like, "Ooh, the Sega guy left. The Sega uh, they have one guy. manager at Nintendo <laughs> left. And never told anybody.
2: Yeah." I mean, as someone who didn't really grow up with a lot of Sega, I played Sonic games. I played Crystal's Ponytail. I played Family Feud on the Genesis. Like, I didn't venture <laughs> far off. Aladdin? No.
0: I wish I could I say... Aladdin on the SNES. The superior platform. That's right. Yes. I said it. Well,
2: I wish I could say, like, Oh, my God, I'm so excited. Now I can play all these Sega games I never played. But it's like, bro, I'm never getting to these. Like, not anytime soon, anyway. It's just not going to happen. Plus, I mean... This it, these Sega collections aren't really anything new. In 2009, Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection came out. I'm looking at an article in IGN. And then last September, the Genesis Flashback, which was like a um, a replication of the Genesis console, came out, and it actually got pretty mediocre reviews, and it wasn't that great. It was like an SNS classic, but the Genesis. And the Genesis Collection only has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten exclusive games on it. All the other ones you can get on the Flashback or the mm-hmm. Sonic's Ultimate Collection. So... I mean, eh, cool, but yeah, this isn't like a groundbreaking thing. Well, and
0: there's all of those um, Sega Genesis mini things that you can buy at like Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah. You know, that have like the Sega games built in already. And now they're just essentially like, well, if you don't want to buy this goofy little piece of hardware, you can just get the digital download on your PS4 or your Xbox One. But, I don't know. I, I'm also in the camp that like I had a Genesis, but it was a Sonic machine for me. Like it was for most of the people that had a Genesis. Not to say that there weren't treasures to be found on that system. It just wasn't my system of choice. Sid, Would did you, you say have the a treasures Genesis of King No?
2: Girl. <laughs> I don't, I I don't know. What
1: that game is a little bit harder. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually I remember getting a Sega Genesis from my grandmother for Christmas one year. And I honestly, I don't know if I was just an angry full child, but I was like, what is this? <laughs> I, like, I have my Nintendo. I don't need this. And I only played Sonic on it. I don't even think I owned other games. I had a great time yeah. playing Sonic, because Sonic yep. is fantastic. But I, that was its only utility for me. So I can't say that, like, I see this and I'm
2: itching to go and purchase it. And yeah, I don't know. I would love to see a Dreamcast collection. That would be awesome. Sega Dreamcast collection. I could get behind. I could get behind that. A Sega Saturn collection. No. Give me those Panzer <laughs> Dragoon you games. You stop that right now. Give me Skies of Arcadia. What? Not a fan. What's wrong with no. the Saturn? Poor Saturn. Rip in peace. <laughs> hey, the the planet still exists. Thanks, Samar.
0: That's true. That's true. Um. Well, if you're interested and you loved your Sega, congratulations! May 29th, mark it in your calendars. Next story: Xbox E3 plans from Microsoft revealed for the biggest show ever. So, over on Xbox Wire, they made this big announcement. Of course, Inside Xbox, their show came back last week. They talked a lot about sea of Thieves. They shot a dude out of a cannon. Oh my and god! It set a Guinness World so Record, good. which is Why? pretty crazy. Wow. Um, and they said, since Xbox made its first appearance at the Electronic Entertainment Expo in 2000, Xbox has had a major presence at the show, delivering exclusive and powerful ways to let fans in on what we're up to, and 2018 will be no different. In fact, it will be our biggest show ever. With the evolution of E3 now including fans and extended show hours, we saw an opportunity to create an entirely new show experience reaching E3 attendees and those following the show from afar. With that, in collaboration with the Entertainment Software Association, the organizers of E3 were excited to announce the Xbox will be taking over the Microsoft Theater, a perfectly situated space located in the heart of LA Live across the street from the Los Angeles Convention Center. The Microsoft Theater will be home to the official E3 events like the Xbox E3 2018 briefing on June 10th at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, various Xbox FanFest activities, hands-on gameplay and demos for all E3 attendees and more. Not only does the Microsoft Theater allow us to centralize our Xbox presence, but its size and us to include even more fans and partners in the Xbox E3 2018 briefing than ever before. Whoa. Take in, that, Galen Center. I know. I always hated the Galen Center. We'll yeah. talk about it in a second. Yeah. In addition to the Microsoft Theater, we'll also continue to have a meaningful presence at the LACC with a new booth completely dedicated to Mixer where you can play, stream, and interact with games and catch the latest E3 news live throughout the week. So mark your calendars. June 10th, 2018, 1 p.m. Pacific time. And more details to share on an update in April. So this is, this is exciting. I love that Xbox is coming back in 2018 with a bang. They're like, we've got Sea of Thieves, we've got State of Decay, we've got Xbox Game Pass parody, uh, day and date for all of our first party titles. Sunday maybe Crackdown will come out. We don't know when. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Please. But, um, this is great. Obviously it's the Microsoft Theater. Of course they should be holding their briefing in the Microsoft Theater. Like, this is.
1: Very obvious
0: yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, this is the this is the big win. And there's a great outdoor space um, on the pavilion at LA Live. For anyone who's been able to travel to Los Angeles or who has been to E3, there's this great outdoor space right in front of the theater. This is the same theater that the Game Awards happen in. It's the theater that Nintendo, Nintendo used to yeah. use for their um, press briefings. But since they've gone the way of Nintendo Direct, it kind of sits vacant during
2: E3. So this is a no-brainer. I'm, I'm pumped for this. Me, too. And getting to the Galen Center was always a pain in the butt. I mean, last year wasn't as bad because I didn't have to get up as early. Because um, Cause it was on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, it was on Sunday. And, uh yeah, I'm I'm stoked. Getting to Galen Center, like I said in the past, was a pain in the ass. And the parking was terrible. Getting there via Uber was terrible. They'd have to drop you off like three blocks ahead of time. And I'm excited about this. I think it makes sense, um, especially, you know, with E3 is going to be as packed as it is, probably even more so than it was last year. I'm definitely more than happy to make that 10-minute walk trek outside, get some sun, get some fresh air if that's where their appointments are going to be. Maybe not. Maybe we don't know yet.
0: Yeah, so it's interesting to note that the Los Angeles Convention Center, where E3 Ground Zero is, is like minutes away. It's not like EA Play. So this was a big concern for people last year, seeing a company like Electronic Arts pulling out of the convention center, pulling out of E3, and having their own standalone event. The first year, they were on site at LA Live, and it was great. But last year, they were in Hollywood. Which made for a more like ritzy razzle dazzle event for them, but it made it really inconvenient for people who bought tickets to E3 to get from the convention center into downtown, uh, from downtown LA into Hollywood, and I think that was a mistake. And I we obviously EA hasn't announced the location of where EA Play is going to be this year, but I hope that they're not going to pick that same spot because it was. A pain in the butt, to say the least. So having Microsoft so close and being – and the fact that they are still inside the convention center is a huge important thing that we need to remember because a lot of our other industry friends are talking about the iconic red versus – or excuse me, blue versus green wall. Mm
2: -hmm. Blue versus
0: green. Yeah. So, yep. like, everyone's seen the photos of, like, the Xbox booth facing off against the PlayStation booth. It's one of those photos at E3 that everybody gets every single year. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to be in the same spot within the convention center. We haven't, you know, gotten floor plan details quite yet. But it's interesting to me that they really are doubling down on Mixer and using that space predominantly to focus on their streaming platform. Because I'm going to be honest, I thought Mixer was going to go away by now. <laughs> Nope. It's, no,
3: it's not long Resilience. <laughs> held on for a really long time.
0: Really? How long do you think they're going to hold on?
3: Oh, I don't know. No, I said Zune held on for a very long time. Oh, Zune. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, R.I.P. I,
1: oh, I do yeah. think Mixer yeah. offers some interesting things. I honestly have not spent hardly any time watching content on Mixer, but I have some friends who really like I don't even know what it is, but for, I think it's either PUBG or Fortnite, it somehow surfaces people who are like deep into the games. So when it's like people are actually finding each other, they've already looted, they're all shooting each other. So the exciting like action and it'll surface those to you. I don't know what the tool is called, but I feel like if they keep innovating like that, they're bound to find at least a niche, a niche, niche, niche a niche community that is super into that.
0: Well, that's really cool. I, I mean, I had mentioned it uh, like to red zone. I think that there's um a bunch of different uh, plugins that are doing that across different streaming outlets these days, but that's a really cool, a cool feature. You know, we um, explored potentially doing something on mixer. We obviously streamed from mixer playing sea of thieves in the Xbox booth at E3 last year. And that was a ton of fun. But we here at What's Good Games have never streamed with Mixer, nor do I really feel a call or a draw to stream with Mixer, and I don't know what would make me turn that leaf over. Brandon, we don't really stream on anything except for our Patreon stuff. Right. True. We really (laughs) scaled back. And for fans of ours who are following us on Twitch, uh, thank you so much for the support. We're still trying to figure out, obviously, like what we want to do with streaming, um, but... I don't know. I don't know where if Mixer is going to take off. I feel like they maybe have missed the window. Even though the technology is superior to what Twitch is doing, Twitch has got the eyeballs. They've got the foot traffic. I don't know how you overcome that.
2: I wonder if Microsoft will ever get to the point where they're like, we're not going to use our own product anymore. We're not going to use Mixer. We're going to use Twitch forever. You know what I mean? So I don't think Mixer is really going to go away because I – believe microsoft will continue to use it i don't know if twitch has this functionality but i was reading an article about how apparently on mixer there's this feature where you can upload a controller so someone else can play along with you or something mm. like that when you're streaming again i don't know what the hell i'm talking about but it's something i read and i was like oh, that sounds cool and then i went on with my day i don't know if twitch has that functionality but if not i mean maybe that's something that'll set them aside from the rest of the pack but yeah
0: Yeah, no, that certainly seems like something cool, but I would imagine that the vast majority of streamers out there don't care about that as a feature because streaming for the vast majority is like a solo gig. Like, it's you, you're by yourself. I mean, Sid, you stream quite a bit, Mm -hmm. right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I again, I don't think I'd ever switch to Mixer just because even if you have really high audience loyalty – to convince people to move from platform to platform as a creator, you're bound to take some hit back. And then the fact that there isn't necessarily the biggest audience on Mixer. So it's not like you're going, you have this huge pool of people of new potential viewers. It's just, it's not really there. So I feel like with other competing platforms, like streaming on YouTube is something that I've started to do. And it makes sense because there's already traffic on YouTube. And so there's viewers to be had, but on Mixer, it's just kind of this random thing. I'm not sure if maybe people who stream straight from console, so it becomes an accessibility thing. If you play Xbox and you want to start streaming and you want it to be pretty low risk, if that's a functionality that makes it worth it, I'm not really sure that I totally understand the appeal of Mixer.
0: Yeah, everything I've seen from the kind of elevator pitch of why Mixer is better is that the technology is faster, so there is less lag time. So if we were playing... Like Jackbox Party Pack, for example, it, it would be more instantaneous versus having this like anywhere from three to like 15 second lag time, if not longer, depending on how the environment of Twitch is doing uh, or YouTube is doing on every any given day. Um, and because the technology is there, um, they're able to do things like that. But I don't know how important that is yeah. for the vast majority of streamers because most streamers don't need an instantaneous Reaction from their audience because they're not reacting to what their audience is doing every given moment for the most part they're playing a game and their audience is there to watch them play a game right. 100%
1: 100% well and I think you said it because I feel Jackbox might be the only game that I can think of that really would depend on instantaneous audience reaction and I don't know that I've ever heard of full time Jackbox streamers so
2: <laughs> I mean <laughs> it's helpful for stuff like Telltale yeah, as well I just or say. any game
3: where you can make decisions mm-hmm. but that's like that's the use case for it yeah, yeah. Like
2: when you're playing the had a full boyfriend the pigeon game I remember you would stream that. You'd be like, all right, what pigeon should I date? And then you'd have to wait awkwardly as like, the response Yeah, but I had to wait in. for like
3: 30 seconds. And I was like, <laughs> cool, I'll just talk amongst myself. But, the,
2: golden, <laughs> the golden days of what's good
1: games. Was yeah. your first reaction, though? Oh, I should stream this on Mixer.
3: Like when you were Mixer waiting. Exi- or did it exist at that point? I don't think it did. Or did it? I'm pretty I sure think I it did. Yeah. I think it did, yeah. Okay, it did. I just didn't really think about it, so... <laughs>
0: There you go. Not surprising. (laughs) But speaking of streaming platforms, our next story is Twitch is giving Prime subscribers free PC games every month. So Polygon wrote this up. They say Twitch is expanding the number of freebies it's giving to Twitch Prime subscribers every month. The company announced a new initiative today called Free Games with Prime, which does exactly what it says. It gives members free games as part of their Prime subscription. Now, Twitch is already handing out free stuff with Twitch Prime members in the form of in-game items, ad-free viewing, channel subscriptions, and the occasional game but starting this week which was thursday march 15th you will get a selection of monthly pc games for free in march the twitch prime subscribers will get super hot shadow tactics tales from candle keep oxen free and mr shifty next month free games with prime will offer tales from the borderlands steam world dig 2 kingsway tokyo 42 and dub wars According to a post on the company's blog, Twitch Prime subscribers can keep those games forever. You have to unsubscribe. Yeah, wow. supposedly. And Twitch launched Twitch Prime uh, back in 2016. Just from background context, and membership to Twitch Prime is included with your membership to Amazon Prime, which costs ninety nine dollars annually, or two oh, excuse me, twelve ninety nine monthly. If you go that route instead, so this is this is fascinating. There's so part of me, my gut reaction here is. They're losing Twitch Prime subscribers, so they need to figure out a way to draw people back into Twitch Prime. Or they're just trying to give added value to keep people on. Um, Steimer, what do you think? You used to be a big Twitch streamer. Did you have a lot of Twitch Prime uh, people that were reaching out to you? No, because I was never a partner, so I never got sponsors. Sid, you're a partner, right? I'm not. I'm an affiliate. Oh, so but you still get people that can, yeah, to you, right? yeah. An and I'd say like
1: probably half and half. But I mean, I also don't have a large number of subscribers, so don't think it's like 250 Prime members. It's like 15 um, <laughs> as far as Prime, Twitch Prime users, but there are a lot in my chat. I think the what's interesting is that there was some blowback this. I think it was this week about Twitch sending emails that were kind of like hey we saw you unsubscribe, unsubscribe from this channel like this really helps it was kind of like a guilt trip mm. um so i can't imagine they came up with this whole program in response to that but i think it's pretty good timing
0: Oh, interesting. I I hadn't seen that there was blowback about that, but that's not, unsus- that's not unsurprising. I mean, when you unsubscribe from an email list, they're like, oh, we hate to see you go. What can we do? Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I feel like a lot of that stuff is pretty automated, Um, but uh, gamers in general get pretty bent out of shape about the littlest changes to their routine. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to be uh, derogatory when I say that. It's just no that's me too like it's us like we
3: i I get out of shape about stupid (laughs) shit um
0: and so like i i'm not surprised to hear that there was a little bit of blowback but i think that this is a nice added value um i'm not sure if this is would be a catalyst for people to sign up for amazon prime or twitch prime if they didn't already have it like these games are cool, but I mean, you could get these games in a Steam sale for a fraction of the price that you're going to pay for a Twitch Prime membership.
2: Now, I'm old. Yeah, but I
3: think the thing is, like, you probably already have Amazon. You're not, you never get Twitch Prime for Twitch Prime. You always, it's always just like that added bonus of Amazon Prime. Are you Prime. sure? I've never, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's yeah. like a, yeah, because I've always
1: had Twitch Prime lost since 2016 because I have Amazon Prime.
0: I wonder if there's anybody out there that has Twitch Prime that doesn't have Amazon Prime. You mean like that didn't buy it f- through like Amazon? Through Amazon?
2: Ladies, I is, like there, bought it is without there a using standalone it? Twitch Prime offering? Am I, am I, I don't think so anymore. Amazon no. Okay. They you, converted no, it. No, it's just
0: Amazon Prime
2: and then Twitch's. Is- Hello, hi. Yes, Someone hi. doesn't know anything here. Can you give (laughs) me, like, a two-second rundown on what the hell Twitch Prime even is?
0: Yeah, so I'm Googling it right now, and I'm going to read the official description for you um, in case there are people out there like you, Brittany, who also don't know what twitch prime is so twitch prime is free in-game loot every month plus exclusives and surprises add free viewing plus a free channel subscription every 30 days so that means every 30 days you can choose to subscribe to a channel that you support uh like kind of funny games if you want to where i where i host um member discounts on pre-release box games on amazon And this is included with your Amazon Prime membership. So it says Twitch Prime membership included free with Amazon Prime. And it says you can watch thousands of movies and TV shows. You can add free access to over a million songs and unlimited free two-day shipping. So essentially, Twitch Prime as a standalone doesn't exist. It's Amazon Prime. And then as an added value, you get these benefits on Twitch
3: as well. So as as an
2: Amazon Prime member. Amazon Prime is the parent.
3: And then Twitch Prime is the baby. So
2: I I could get the Twitch Primes since I I have Amazon. You
0: have Twitch Prime. I learned something new every day. Surprise. Surprise. Yeah, if you have Amazon Prime, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) (laughs) you already have Twitch Prime. Okay, so. You just have to link your accounts, basically. So what, how do
2: they give, where do they give these games away? Like, how do they give them, Are they like, a Steam code? Like, how does this work? That was my (laughs) first question, too. Yeah, I don't know. Okay.
0: Um, you know I don't think we know yet, because they just made the announcement, but let me see if I can dig this up where where these up. games are going to live. But um essentially it's um it's an interesting concept. I I'm, I'm not quite sure why they're doing it. I wonder if people were asking for this.
2: I I I don't know. I mean like I, I, I would feel like you would you would subscribe to the Twitch Prime so you can watch people play games. So it kind of seems like I mean, I don't know. Now, you, now you're now you asking for games. I don't know how these kids work these days.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I guess this would be a huge leap. But if Twitch really wants this to be a driving force for why you would subscribe to Twitch or Amazon Prime, aka Twitch Prime, maybe they're getting streamers to stream these games. I don't know. Like, I just don't hmm. see there's a disconnect for me as well as to what, how, why would this convince somebody to pay that much money.
3: I think this might. This might just be like a nice to have. Or I could, don't think it's. I don't think this is supposed to be a sales driver. I think it's like, hey,
2: or we could, appreciate you. Yeah, oh, it could be something be nice. for someone like me who is like, I'm a Twitch Prime subscriber and I don't even know it. So maybe looking into this, it's like, oh, like I have access to these free games because I have the Amazon Prime and now I know it because it's making headlines. I was reading some comments on some articles about this and a lot of people are like, hey, I have Amazon Prime. How the hell do I redeem my games? So maybe mm-hmm. it's working.
1: That's true. What I do think is ne- super nice is that you don't lose the games after if you were to cancel Prime.
2: Mhm. These because are great that, games. Yeah. These are great games. Andrea, we can only solve for so long. How are you doing over there, baby girl? <laughs> and I'm, I really
3: really really want to talk about the next story because I'm so excited about it.
2: Yeah, so I it doesn't it doesn't really say in
0: the on the Twitch blog is where I'm looking right now. It doesn't say like where the games are coming from, if they're coming from Steam or if they're coming from GOG or if they're going to come from each individual platform holder. Like what if you're playing on Mac? Like, I don't know. Hmm. Um, that's a great
3: question. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, well, TBD. This seems, this seems like an FAQ thing that's like, where are my games? Um I don't know. We'll figure it out and we'll report back and and, and let you guys know. But, Steimer, do you want to read the next story since you're so excited about it? Kind of. Okay, do it.
3: Okay, okay. So, guys, get ready. (laughs) Jeff Goldblum is going to reprise his role in Jurassic World Evolution, which I was already excited about this game. (laughs) And now, it's a bajillion times better. Okay, so, Jeff Goldblum, who you all know, if you don't, you should just Cry! Um, <laughs> it's the actor who portrayed Dr. Ian Malcolm in 1993's Jurassic Park, and he's coming back for Jurassic World Evolution. So the game is being made by Frontier Developments, the same studio behind Elite Dangerous and Planet Coaster, and it is expected to release simultaneously, simultaneously, for PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. Um, basically, you'll take control of the operations of Isla Nublar, Isla yeah, Nublar.
0: yeah, where Jurassic Park is. <laughs> I know, but
3: like seeing the words written out, I'm like, "Wait, <laughs> shit, really?" Uh, <laughs> and other islands in the muertes
2: archipelago. Say that word again,
3: archipelago, archipelago. I'm
2: like, "Wait, god damn, I'm I don't getting, know how to pronounce any Irish words." Shit, Sam, I'm getting flashbacks to our show when we mispronounced like <laughs> one out of every ten words. <laughs>
3: Look, I've said this word before, but right now my brain doesn't know how to say it. Um, They'll begin from scratch, bioengineering new breeds of dinosaurs and building systems to contain them. Parks will also feature rides and other attractions as well as research facilities. I can't wait. I want him to narrate the whole game.
2: I mean, is this really like a super dupe? I mean, it's exciting, but is it something that's like not expected since it's an official Jurassic Park like IP? Were you not expecting? Um, I was not expecting Jeff Goldblum. I wouldn't be there. I would have I expected think it's a big maybe win. somebody
3: trying to sound like him. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: The fact <laughs> that him. he is doing the voiceover himself, he was in a promo that came out this week. They did a preview event this week. We saw some other members of the press um, that got some hands on with it. And um, uh, hopefully, we'll be getting some details about what they saw over the next couple of days or the next week or so. But, um, they also, Frontier made Zoo Tycoon. Don't forget. I really like that game. They made the Disneyland park adventure game, which was also really well done. Um, I had spoken on this show last week when we were talking about the Pokemon Go version of the Jurassic Park game that's coming out that I was, you know, hoping for something a little bit more, but, um, I think this will be cool. I was <laughs> looking for something a little bit more action based for like a, a good new Jurassic Park game, but I'll take, I'll take the park builder.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you sound so excited. No, I mean, the only park builder game I ever played was a theme park for PlayStation from Bullfrog Games back in the day. It's like the only one I've ever played. And I had a great time with it. And I'll definitely try my hands with this. I'm excited for it. I've been excited for it. But I think what really would have turned my crank, floated my boat, flipped my switch would have been if it was like a story driven shooter or something like that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but Samer, I know you're very excited about this. You're shaking your head at me. Your beautiful cause, face. Like,
3: Cause you get to like, you get to make your own dinosaurs. I want to make some dinosaurs and then I want them to eat people in my park. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs.
2: Now, now, now if you can wreak some havoc. Some dino DNA. If you can wreak <laughs> havoc in this game, then it opens up a whole new like world for me. It, I kind of hope that they have a mode at least that will allow
3: for dinosaur disasters.
2: That's one of the best things to do. It's like, you know, Sims and theme park. You create, mm-hmm. you put like all of like, the most, ri- the rides in there that make you the most dizzy. Fill it with all sorts of burger and shake shops. Don't put any bathrooms. And just everyone just throws up everywhere and they're all sad (laughs) and upset. It's kind of fun. I too would be sad and upset. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so if I could could create like a death trap for all these tourists and just like unleash a T-Rex, some Velociraptors. Here's a T-Rex and a Raptor crossbred. I'm pretty sure the game
0: is going to penalize you if you intentionally (laughs) try to kill the tourists.
3: But that's why I was saying that I
0: think there should be a mode that's, that is dedicated. Oh, to I it. must have into oh, yeah. that,
3: uh, yeah.
0: Rampage, Jurassic Park, World, Rampage. <laughs>
3: yes, run for <laughs> your lives.
0: <laughs> That'd be awesome.
3: Um, well, Ooh, I they
0: could call it Must Go Faster. Must Go Faster. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a deep cut. I'm that into it. Hit. Okay. Well, this news segment has gone on for quite some time. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for bearing with us while we covered some stuff from last week and some news for this week. Undoubtedly, we've, we've missed something from this week as well, but, um, we covered quite a bit of ground. We're going to take a short break right now. And then when we come back, I got a message from space from Alexa Ray plus hands-on impressions of several games that we have uh, been playing. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. This is the segment two of What's Good Games, the podcast where we talk about video games. If you didn't know, here we are talking about video games. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, as you guys know, our fourth chair, Miss Alexa Ray Korea, has been out for quite some time. And... She wanted to send a message along because she knows that you guys are asking and people are sending us messages and emails and tweets and Facebook messages. And so, uh, she was like, Hey, I want to just, you know, say something and give people an update. And I'm going to read what she wrote right now. So she says, Hey, WGG fam, I apologize for my absence and wanted to let you all know I'm doing okay. I'm taking time off to deal with some health issues that I've had for a few years and heal. I know my silence has been frustrating, but a full body, mind, and social media vacation is the best thing for my health goals right now. In addition to the anxiety issues that I've been open about, I have a few injuries that have gotten worse that need my attention now. Although I've already told my doctors I want to just get in line for cyborg parts, but they don't seem to think that's a funny joke. (laughs) It's been a rough road but I promise you all I'm not going to actually leave the earth anytime soon. It's important for everyone to remember that your health comes first and you should make decisions that are best for you when you need to. We only get one body, so you better fucking take care of it. I love you all and I'll see you again soon. P.S. Yes, I've seen all of the Kingdom Hearts 3 stuff and I still think Monsters and Goofy looking stupid ratchet as fuck. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> PPS, I have now cracked four hundred dollars in Fire Emblem Heroes and I've started playing Kingdom Hearts Union Cross. I'm level three hundred, fight me. <laughs> Love her so, so
2: much.
0: Amazing. <laughs> we obviously miss her a lot and are wishing her a speedy recovery and hope to get her back on the show soon. But uh, thank you all for your patience and continued support. And we know that you guys miss her as much as we do. But she's doing better and we hope to see her back on the show soon. She's not gone forever. I promise. The goodbye forever is just a ruse.
2: Yes. Um,
0: Which is also a t-shirt at uh, teespring.com slash stores slash watch good games. Oh, good plug. Girl. look at that master plug good plug girl just saying. Ah, just, just saying Alexa's back flipping off the earth in one of our designs you should check it out um. So thanks, Alexa, for, for writing in. And for everybody who is wondering, unfortunately, no, she will not be attending PAX East this year. She was originally slated to be part of our panel, to be part of the meet and greet. But because of the treatment that she's ongoing right now, it's uh, not the right time for her to be traveling. So she's going to be staying in and taking care of herself. And she unfortunately will not be at PAX. So a bit of a bummer. But the good news is we're working on some fun special guests they're going to join us on our PAX panel, and we'll have more details about that um, in the coming weeks. So let's talk now about some video games that we've been playing. Um, Britt, you always have something interesting on your list, and I appreciate that you'd like to take risks on games that I would see in a press list and be like, I don't know what that is. (laughs) Goodbye. But you're like, I'll try it. So the one that you have here listed first is Super One More Jump. What is this game, bro? Oh,
2: my God. Okay, so this is a game developed by SMG Studios. They also developed Death Squared, which is one of my favorite puzzle co-op party games. So I've never played a game like this, so I'm going to try to describe it. So it supports up to four players, but I've just been playing it with Jason, so just two of us. And it's a platformer that goes up, down, left, and right, side to side, diagonal, all the things. And so you control a little square guy with a happy face. It's a happy face because this game will be really frustrating real quick, so you need something happy to look at. And so the it's a platformer, and each section of the platformer is comprised of certain stretches of colored bars. So for instance, I would control the pink bars, and Jason would control the green bars. So the platform level might look like pink, green, pink, green, and all the while it's going up and down, spiraling. And I can only control the little smiley dude when he's on the pink bar. Now as soon as you start a level. That little fucker's going. He's going on with his bad self. There's no stopping that hype train. And so it's up to me to make sure I push the jump button. When he's on the pink bar. And then it jumps onto Jason's green bar. Then he has to push the jump button. So it's a game of timing and precision. So would this game make you want to get a divorce? No. No. <laughs> okay good <laughs> thankfully jason and i are very patient with each other and what's really good about it you will die a lot but the respawn time is instant so as soon as you die you're just right back at it uh we have spent up to like 35 minutes per level and now if you were to like cruise through the level uh and not make any mistakes maybe 30 seconds or so but because we kept dying you know you it's it's fascinating it really goes to show you that it's not that you can't really multitask you can't tap, you can't hold a conversation or thinking about anything else you can't let your mind wander because you will just die clearly when it's your turn to make a move there are 60 co-op levels I know they're adding more um, it supports of the four player co-op like I said I think it would be something really fun for us to stream maybe during a patreon stream yeah Oh, you know how mad I get. No, I mean, you can't. You don't really get mad. I mean, I don't really get mad while playing this because it's... You don't get mad. You saw me play Overcooked. I was mad at all of you. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's impossible to not get mad playing Overcooked,
0: right? Yeah. <laughs> it's true.
2: It's, so it's like $8 on the Switch is where I played it, and it's so worth it. I think it's really fun. It's a really fun party game, or just a game to play by yourself if you wanted to. It's definitely... You need to have the skills to play this. But then
3: how would it work if you're playing alone?
2: I'm assuming – because I haven't done any of the solo stuff, but I'm assuming you just have to like do the jumps at the right time because you have – there are certain – so you're going along with your bad self, and then there are bars that you can't jump at because they have little arrows at the end of them, and they project you across the level. And so you can't jump on those, and you have to constantly be paying attention. So it's a precision platformer. Gotcha. Yeah. It's good. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. Okay.
0: Cool. Um, I'll definitely, uh, I have to check that out. I have been looking for reasons to test my marriage with my husband to see if we'll make it through. Perfect. So there you go. (laughs) No, just kidding. That's that's (laughs) not a true true statement, honey. I know you're listening. It's not true. I love you. Um, um steimer speaking of uh mistakes precision <laughs> platformers you have been playing celeste and in parentheses you write big mistake what's that about <laughs> oh, girl so so i um have been house sitting for
3: someone and i just am here to record the show and so i brought my switch with me and was going through and should have listened to Brittany, and should have downloaded the dark dark side detective <gasps> is called. you picked celeste i'm saying it's okay i did it's okay i picked celeste, so but i was like oh but like celeste i've heard a lot of people yes. talking about it got a 10 on a, a lot of game sites and even though i know myself and i know i don't really like precision platformers that much like super meat boy was kind of whatever to me i was like we everybody loves this game so much i should at least try it so i'm going through and like the first um section or level or what not level but like world i beat and i was like okay it was frustrating at times but like this is doable then you get to the second world and some motherfucker chases you while you're trying to precision platform and i was like what the fuck is this (laughs) i was really mad i was like okay this game is hard enough alone like without the stress of something chasing you around the fucking map and now you've got that element added to it. And that's kind of where I have noped out. You noped.
0: Hmm. And that's why I wrote big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't tried any of the assist mode options? I heard they're the really what? bright in Celeste. The what op- The assist mode options.
3: I have not. I have done this unassisted.
0: Maybe so- before you nope out permanently, worth contemplating putting on some uh, some handicaps. I mean, I probably need all of them. Help there's nothing me. wrong with that. There's
3: nothing wrong with Help using Help me. Where's baby ass baby mode? Can that just be an option when you start any game? Hello, baby <laughs> ass baby mode. Yes, please. Yeah, no, it's in the options. In, in the I, didn't, I options. just skipped right past it. Um, so then I was upset about that because I made it through a few levels with this thing chasing me. And then there's one where I'm just like, I'm mad. So then I switched back to Mario. And... It was like, oh, Mario. <laughs> so relaxing. relaxing. So much easier. Although I will say, so much floatier. I was like, can I mix like the precision of Celeste with the with the easygoingness of Mario?
2: Because that would be amazing. That would. Uh, but you still should play Dark Side Detective, Simer. I, I can't tell you this again. What no, is no, no, Dark Side totally, Detective? I mean, part of the thing with Celeste was I
3: also wanted to play a game we hadn't talked about yet on the show. So I was like, well...
2: All you're thinking straight.
3: about the content. I
0: appreciate that, Stimer. Yeah, But
3: I really... Okay, so I'm curious. Because Sydney has a game written here <laughs> called Toontown Rewritten. And all I can think of is the Tiny Toon Games on SNES. Yes, girl. That's what I was thinking about, too. No, not at all. It's oh. Um, oh. a... So, okay.
1: Toontown was this, like, kid-friendly MMO that Disney put out. I think I played it in, like, 2004. And I don't know how long those servers were actually up, but they're down now. And a group of people have recreated the game. And so it's like nostalgia to the max but it's just so pure you play as tunes. So like these cartoon people, my name is Roxy sparkle flipper. If you see me, oh Sh- my shoot God. me a friend.
3: Roxy sparkle.
1: Flipper. I'm a dog and I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt and a pink skirt. And Shit. you fight the evil cogs who are, they're like name droppers. Like essentially they're like career people and you throw pies at them and squirt them with things and you have, like, suggested phrases that you can use to chat with people you're hanging out with, like, thanks, or you look nice, great teamwork. <laughs> and you. So it's, like, so pure. And I feel like I have been so incredibly stressed out in my own life that I started playing this because I was thinking, oh, man, I love Toontown so much. I miss it. And then somebody said, oh, they recreated it. And it's all, I mean, I don't think they could ask for a profit because it's essentially Disney's ip and disney's just kind of like turning a blind eye on that um but it's totally free everybody who plays it is so pleasant i'm part of their discord so i streamed it and the community is so amazing everybody came in they're like welcome we're so happy to have you and they were just like super welcoming and some of them like jumped on the game and carried me it's great highly recommend it's amazing (laughs)
0: That That sounds sounds awesome. I always love hearing these stories of positivity. So often in our business, it's the exact opposite where we hear nothing but negativity and toxicity. And hearing that you found this community that was super opening open and welcoming is really uplifting and great news. That's that's cool. I love hearing that. Yeah, it's amazing. Um one of the things that I've been playing to make like a hard pivot from Toontown <laughs> <laughs> is the new expansion for Assassin's Creed Origins called The Curse of the Pharaohs. Um, I actually had to spend quite a bit of time finishing The Hidden Ones, which was the first expansion, in order for me to feel like I was leveled up enough to start tackling some of this so what's cool about this is that it's set four years after the events of Origins and we're really getting into the meat of where the Brotherhood began talking about the creed and talking about the ideals of the creed but that being said I'm still Pretty lost narratively as to what's happening. I realized last night after I put the controller down because I was up until almost two a.m. playing because the gameplay is still so so good. But narratively, I realizing that I'm not am either not paying attention because I'm having too many whiskeys when I'm playing, or I'm. <laughs> i'm just not that interested because it it just doesn't connect with me for some for some reason and i'm not quite sure why that is i have a couple of gripes and a couple of praises first praise being omg this game got more beautiful and i'm not sure how the same praises that i've had for this game maintained throughout the expansion The weapon variety is fantastic. The open world exploration is varied and diverse and beautiful. The artistic competency from the team at Ubisoft, like, knows no limits. It's a beautiful game, beautifully rendered. The draw distance is fantastic. The skies, the oceans, the fucking blades of grass, like everything in the art of that world, still wonderful, amazing. Love being back in it. But the combat feels a little bit off in the sense that I did a mission that was labeled a level 46 mission because the new level cap with the expansion is 55. And so I went into some of these missions trying to pace myself, still playing on easy. Um, And I came across a boss in a level 46 mission that was a level 48 boss and i was like that doesn't seem right if it's a level 46 mission i shouldn't be facing a level 48 boss cuz i definitely won't be able to beat that boss unless i'm like really good and not that i'm saying that i like get good i suck whatever <laughs> but my character just like the amount of hits that you can take are so few uh when the boss is that much higher than you it's like you like two you get two or three shots and then you're dead and the arena that you're fighting this this boss in without kind of giving away who the boss is and how how it all plays out is that there's no way for you to go and recover your health and come back or for you to like crouch or hide or whatever and get your health to like regenerate. Like once your health is down, like it just stays down throughout the fight. And so you just have to spend the majority of the fight like dodging and running around the arena and getting a a swipe in. But then once you're out of arrows – there's no way to pick up more arrows and then you have to like go in and actually you know use your parries and use your dodges and and try to do hand-to-hand combat and it was really tough. I will say that I liked that I finally got a challenge cuz playing on easy you don't really get much challenges, which is weird because some games on easy mode are still hard in certain ways, but as Assassin's Creed at high level on easy mode is it's a walk in the park. I'm like one shotting almost everybody, mm-hmm. and like I realize that I should probably up the difficulty, but I'm like I got other stuff to play. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna steamroll these enemies mm-hmm. and be on my way. But um, this boss fight for some reason, like it w- there was just like this disconnect, and it was really frustrating. And so I I I quit out of the boss mission and I reloaded and went back and, and started doing more side stuff. And then I found this other mission where I played this one boss fight. And it felt really cheap from a design perspective in the sense that the boss had a ranged weapon. And even if I swam underwater or even if I was hiding behind cover, somehow the ranged weapon still hit me.
2: Boo. I'm like –
0: I hate that. That's. I was like, this is. I kept yelling, "This is bullshit." We've all had that moment where we're holding the controller, we're looking at the screen, going, "This is bullshit. This is bullshit. This is such fucking bullshit." Mm -hmm. I can't believe this bullshit. Mm -hmm.
3: Oh yeah, Yep. (laughs) Every week, and I had that moment like I wouldn't have been able to hit him had this been reversed. (laughs) I couldn't
0: hit him. I was swimming underwater. I'm supposed to be able to go incognito when I'm swimming underwater, and obviously they could see me for like the first couple of seconds, but like then you like they're supposed to. Lose track of you. And I would swim around these structures and they could still find me. And then I would climb up the opposite side of a structure, completely hidden from line of sight. But then their targeting system would find me and I'm like this is okay. Did you forget that like um they planted a bug on you and like you <laughs> need to rip it off. Before oh
3: you can continue right. The I
0: forgot in ancient <laughs> Egypt they have targeting missiles. You're right. <laughs> they
3: do. Yeah. It's like I the little scarabs know. they like programmed them and then they crawl into your skin.
0: Man, I feel stupid. I've completely forgot. <laughs> um, thanks for pointing that out, Stimer. Um, Anytime. So like, so I, I, I had a little, a few gripes. Um, but the thing that I wanted to bring up was since I'm playing on Xbox One, whenever I unlock an achievement, Xbox shows you the percentage of players that have unlocked that achievement, which I find yep. really fascinating. So in my quest to get to Curse of the Pharaohs, I, finished the story missions for the hidden ones how many people what percentage of assassins creed origins players do you think have, have completed the dlc the hidden ones 10% any guesses ladies
2: since you said you're surprised i'm going to say say 87% oh wow okay.
1: i was it? going with a generic 20% cuz like 80 20 rule you know
2: right
0: <laughs> so by is- price's right rules you all have lost
2: Oh. oh, I was trying 4. to do a price is right
0: point one percent. Oh, man. 4? Four point one. OK, well, not by price is right rules. I was the closest. You
3: were
2: the closest. I was. Yes. I was yeah, I, wow. I was real bad. I was trying to play by price is right rules. But now I realize I way I did way bad. But that the was a yeah. yeah. dollar. You'd say I, I forgot. <laughs> it's been a hot minute. Dang. <laughs> I I was. I was flabbergasted
0: when I saw that number come up. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Ubisoft has put so much time and energy into building this amazing expansion and literally 4% of the players who have been playing Assassin's Creed on Xbox One have finished the DLC. And then I was like, okay, now I'm curious. I want to go in and look at the other achievements. And only 23% actually finished the end, which is like the (laughs) final story Mm. mission. In Assassin's Creed Origins, which isn't as surprising because I think we've seen stats before where it's like only 10% of gamers actually finish their games and like 90% really never hit the end, like the end story content of the vast majority of games they play. It just haunts them for the rest of their lives. Yeah, it's forever in the pile of shame. I just was not prepared for how low that number was. And obviously like the Curse of the Pharaohs just came out. so that was going to be my question. The amount of people who just finished that was like super, super, super low. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're talking like less than 1%, but I mean, it just came out, so I'm going to give it some time. But the idea that The Hidden Ones has been out for a little while and now and nobody seems to be playing it i'm it kind of yeah. bums me out
2: i don't know if other people feel this way but for me after i finish a game if any post-release the launch dlc comes out after i finished and wrapped up the story it's really hard for me to jump back into that mm-hmm. i feel like i've closed the door on that story i mean i don't even think i didn't i never finished that mass effect dlc summer what was it uh the party one at the end where y'all like it's oh
3: yeah the, from aspect three, yeah, Citadel,
2: Citadel, yeah,
3: yeah, Citadel. I didn't do that one
2: either. No, and I didn't do the Last of Us DLC, and it's so it sucks. I did do the Last of Us, DLC. I've heard it's all so good, but there's just like a mental block there where it's hard for me to like jump back into it. I don't
3: know, it really depends. Like, it has to be incredible for me to go back. So, like like, The Last of Us was a great example of DLC where I went back and was like, yep, completely, totally worth my time. Not to say that other ones aren't, but it was harder for me to want to go back to those worlds than it was for The Last of Us, because mm-hmm. I love The Last of Us so much.
1: I don't think I've ever purchased a DLC that isn't a multiplayer DLC.
3: Wow, really?
1: Yeah. I mean, that might because also... You're...
3: Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say that might
1: also skew because I play mostly multiplayer games, but I've never been... I mean, I enjoyed Wolfenstein so much was my Game of the Year last year, and... Or, sorry, Wolfenstein 2, I should qualify. And... um. I know they have DLC, but I haven't even thought twice about it.
0: They have new DLC out this week, actually.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Could be a first for everything.
1: That's not a saying. I just put words <laughs> together. But there's a saying <laughs> somewhere in there.
3: <laughs> well, I'm curious because on here it says you're about to start the last episode. Yeah. I'm curious to see whether or not you will be like interested in, in getting the DLC when you're done.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Well, I don't know if it'll be different because I think it's similar to what Britt was saying. Where once I'm out of a game, like I'm out of it.
3: That's true. So and you're rolling into it with the
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe it's something
1: where I'm playing the game and then I know there's extra content, so I'll just roll straight into it.
2: Now, obviously, if you're Final Fantasy 15, those rules I said do not apply to you. I've been playing the ever living shit out of that game. Oops. There's always those games, right? Like,
3: but although only with half for The Witcher. Like The Witcher, the first expansion I played a lot of, mm-hmm. and then I never, I didn't play the second one just because I was busy and then
0: never went back to it like you do. Yeah. So, um, I just wanted to, to bring that up and I thought that that was interesting. I'm still like, I'm having a lot of fun going back and getting back into Assassin's Creed. And I was really like looking forward to them trying to tie the threads because as cool as I thought Bayek's story was, I didn't think that they did enough to really set up where the creed is going, where the brotherhood is going. And um, in the main story of Origins, they started to get there right at the end. And um, I was hoping that the curse of the pharaohs was, was going to get there. Um, and I'm just kind of starting to dip my toes in. I'm like only a couple of hours into the Curse of the Pharaohs. So I still have a ways to go. But some of the new environments that they've introduced are really beautiful and really fun. And um, I'm glad to be back in that world riding my abyssal steed um, on <laughs> How fire. many hippos have you tamed? I finally unlocked the taming the taming skill. <laughs> I kind of didn't ever use it, so I'm looking forward to, to trying that out. I unlocked the underwater breathing things. So I'm gonna do some exploration underwater and um I really just need to try to remind myself it's okay to take a break from Monster Hunter which has been which yes, has been girl. ruling my world and they obviously had a big content dump this week talking about how they're finally getting rid of griefer carved griefers which is great and they have the new monster that's coming and some other tweaks and things that they're making uh, to the game so I'm probably going to shelve try to shelve Monster Hunter for a little while because obviously <laughs> we have Far Cry 5 coming Ooh. um next week we've got Nino Kuni um we've got oh, a lot no. of stuff oh, no,
2: happening Nino Kuni no, no. No sorry People are getting their panties in a tight and twisted and uncomfortable bundle because apparently Nino Cooney is only roughly like 30 to 40 hours. That's... Thank God! No, I know. It's a good thing. <laughs> no, it's a great thing. And I, these are just some tweets I read. Whatever. But yeah, some people are really upset makes about me it. That so happy. i like, that's okay. I mean, because, you know, that's good because otherwise what we see is all that fluff and that extra content. Like, that's why I haven't jumped back into Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is because... I'm a little under level but the side quests are just so boring and repetitive it's and I have to level the battle you can't grind in that game with battles because each battle takes like two to three minutes I mean maybe that's a little exaggeration but it's like I, I can't finish it I'm 80 something hours into it so it's just good to know with like Nino Kuni too like bravo level five like good job that's all made it yep.
0: approachable um so Britt while you're on the big screen here Uh-oh. uh you finally started playing the division. What's that about? Did the Division 2 news get you all hot and bothered? It did. So I was on the DLC podcast last week. I love those guys. That's Jeff Kanata and Christian Spicer. They're wonderful.
2: Wonderful people. I had a lot of fun. Uh, And we were talking about the Division 2 announcement. I'm like, I should look into this because I haven't played a lot of, I've never played Division. And then I found out, like I said earlier, that you can co-op through the campaign. And I thought, you know, like I said earlier, you have to play with other people. And sometimes it's just not my cup of tea. So I was really excited about it. So Jason and I started playing it uh maybe only like five to seven hours in or so. It's fun. I can't say it has its claws in me yet, but I definitely want to keep playing. However, this is just really bad timing because hello, Far Cry Five is right around the corner. So what's gonna happen is this game's gonna get shelved. And I don't know if I'll pick That's it up again. fine. I mean, wait for the division two. Yeah. It'll be better. I know, but just hearing Jeff talk about it and how much he loved it. I'm like, ah, oh, I got me all hyped. Uh, so i set aside monster hunter for the, the i would division. be down
0: i would be down to go back and get in i when i originally played i put like 20 to 30 hours in maybe maybe not even that much so if you want to get in that's what she said yes
2: <laughs> Wait, it's not it's Hold not on. any thank you it's not an You're easy welcome. game is what I'm learning. Maybe it's because I'm still so new to it. But if I'm a level 4 and I have to go against like a level 5 crew of people, like not real people, but AI, even then. I'm bad at shooters. I'm real bad. But I get my ass handed to me frequently. But it's fun. I like it.
0: That's why you have people like me and Sid on your crew. We'll yeah. Help well.
2: Carry me, girls. Pull me right <laughs> back into it. Carry me.
0: Sid, you've been playing another game that is really old school. Halo 3? What prompted this?
1: Well, so Halo 5 started a playlist. I believe it started last weekend. Uh, They have a cycling, or they have a spot in their social playlist uh, or social playlist that rotates, and so the rotating playlist, I guess that would have been easier to say, um, is the Halo 3 playlist, which is exciting, and it features Forge maps that are community-made based on Halo Three classic maps, which I think is just like a really cool way to feature the community, but also it takes away a lot of the Halo Five features, and the actual like gameplay feels very similar to Halo Three. As far as you can't sprint, you really don't have aim down sights. Um, Let's see, you don't have a booster you don't have uh the ground pound so it's it feels like pure halo which is a really good feeling i guess you could argue you could just go play on master Chief collection but knowing that like my group of friends that play all play halo 5 and we can just switch between the two is, and it's super easy it's incredible i i am so happy that 343 brought it back
0: that's awesome i didn't know that they were doing that um what other things have you seen in the playlist Um, So there was, like, Shoddy
1: Snipers was the last one that got rotated out for this, which is Shotguns and Snipers, a pretty classic Halo game mode. Um, I think Infection was one of them. I don't think Infection is, like, a um, permanent playlist. I believe that's a rotating playlist. So they're all kind of, like, lighthearted, fun game modes um, for the most part. But this Halo 3 playlist, I'm, like, super into I don't know. I'm just, I am always, again, I'm always rooting for Halo to make a comeback. Oh, yeah. <laughs> always rooting for them. I'm rooting for a Halo 6 announcement with a 29, or 2018 release date. But I know I that possible? that will not happen, but people like dropping the mic at E3, and that would be a mic drop. I will shit um, my pants. <laughs> I will be awesome. lose my mind. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, I'm I... very much enjoying it.
0: Yeah, I have to say I was really disappointed with the uh, the campaign in Halo 5. I was bummed. I thought it was not very good, especially since I thought 343 did such a great job picking up the Halo baton from mm-hmm. Bungie when they left. And I was really happy with everything they did up until Halo 5, and I just... Something about the way that they did the campaign that game, I just didn't like it. maybe, and I know Britt loves Halo 5, and I feel like I just, or excuse me, Halo, yeah. You, no, you really I, liked it, didn't I, you? I really
2: liked Halo 5. I'd say it's one of the best, it's the shooter that felt the best to me, but the mm-hmm. campaign took a hard pivot. I, where I, that story went, I was like, what is happening here? And I, I, went, I don't even yeah. remember it. I haven't played
1: a Halo campaign since uh, 3. 3 was my last one. And I oh. am a Halo girl, but I just, I was happy with i was happy with the trilogy and i was just like okay i don't need this ruined for me
0: maybe we co-op it together yeah yeah i, I feel like, like i could in. i th- feel like i could get back into it and, and play some halo if i had some of my my peeps with me i i haven't played halo multiplayer like in earnest Since probably Halo 4, I dabbled with Master Chief Collection when it came out because they did such a robust offering, and I was really impressed with what 343 put together for that collection, Um, but I didn't get into Halo 5 multiplayer at all, and I think it was because the campaign left a sour taste in my Mm -hmm. mouth that I was just like, bye, Felicia, and I was done. (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Halo 5's multiplayer has felt the best to me since 3. For sure. That's what I've heard. It feels very back to the basics. I'm not happy that there are no BR start playlists in rotation. Well, that's not true. The Halo 3 playlist is BR starts, which is incredible. Because um, the battle rifle starting is not in Halo 5 normally, which is irritating. Mm -hmm. Um, But the multiplayer feels good. I'm really, really happy with the direction that 343 has taken it.
0: That's awesome. Um, Well, yeah, I'll have to set up a date. We'll uh we'll get uh we'll get our frag on. It'll yeah. be great. <laughs> all frags all the time. Um, all right. So I'm looking at the list of what we have left to talk about uh, before we wrap this segment. Um, Britt says that she has some patch woes, but I think what we're going to do is we're going to punt talking about Kingdom Come Deliverance until they get their ish together.
2: That's basically it. <laughs> I punched it. In. Um,
0: <laughs> and then um. Sid, you have PUBG in here. You have a kind of shoehorned in there. So uh, uh, have you been playing PUBG for a while or have you just gotten started? Uh, What kind of a PUBG player are you? So
1: I tried to play it on PC before it came to Xbox and it was a sad, sad time. (laughs) I am not a PC gamer in the slightest. Like I'll play League, but I feel like those that muscle memory in your fingers is so different. Yeah. Uh, So when it came to Xbox, as many people were so stoked and then there were so many issues with rubber banding. I mean, it is technically still an unreleased game um, as far as it's not the final four right now. But, you know, it made it kind of unplayable. So in the last week, I finally came back to it and I'm really happy with the state of the game. I feel like they've fixed a lot of the weird issues As far as it translating from PC to Xbox, it's not seamless. The controls are very, very clunky, and it's pretty unintuitive, but I'm having fun. I am definitely more of like, I'll loot and kind of like, I'll get some gun battles in the beginning, and then kind of just stay on the coast and look at the rocks and the ocean. (laughs) And And that's what I would do. I'd be like, oh, (laughs) look at this beautiful. This is the best way. I hide
3: in this rock right here. Exactly. I'll go
1: prone in this bush amazing what stimulating
3: so, gameplay
2: what a great yeah exactly <laughs> so jason's How? gotten into PUBG like a lot like that's mostly all he plays now when he's not co oping mm. with me so i get to watch him play because we have two tvs in our living room and so i'm watching him play and every time i look over i feel like there's a an enemy halfway in the ground and they get in, like a punching match and the other guy is like stuck in the ground he can't move so he <laughs> obviously loses it's just so janky but i mean he loves it and i'm like all right you're one of them man it's all good. I don't yeah. love G. But, spe- yeah. Well, especially when you get like a nice squad going and you get yeah. like the call outs and people are just taking
1: it. I take things seriously, but the group of people that I play with take it very seriously and I work with them. So I feel like if I let them down, then I just kind of get death glares when I get to work the next day. Oh. <laughs> so it's high pressure, high stakes, high stakes. And it <laughs> feels nice when you see like the chicken dinner pop up. Except for it's kind of anticlimactic. I don't know. I kind of, I want like something pop up on my screen and like dance for me. But- <laughs> Do you want a chicken to come dance? Yes, that's exactly what I want. And then
3: end up on a plate yeah. and be like,
1: eat me. That's a hundred percent what I
3: want. <laughs> you can have that idea for free.
0: <laughs> PUBG. PUBG, you are, Corp. are you listening to our podcast? Probably not. Probably not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Do you, any of you guys play any battle royale games?
0: No,
3: I. Have- We've played like a bit, Andrea. You and I played. Fortnite for like a hot second. Literally a hot second. Literally talking, a hot We played second. that
0: game for like an hour. Um, yeah. I, I want to get back into Fortnite Battle Royale because I really love Fortnite Save the World and I've been a big proponent of Fortnite the game before Battle Royale was even a thing mm-hmm. and now they're just crushing it with Battle Royale with crazy numbers. They finally introduced it on mobile. iOS signups are happening. I think they're going to be coming to Android. The idea that they're doing cross play and cross progression between PC and PS4, and then, um, and iOS, and then Xbox PS or Xbox PC and iOS. And of course, another story came out about being like, oh, Microsoft says Sony's holding back crossplay on Fortnite. It, well, duh, it's the same issue. Do-ing. Yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, it's crazy how giant Fortnite has become. We're seeing these stories about all these athletes that are doing like the Fortnite dances and Roseanne. Um, Wait, Roseanne? Oh, yeah. Roseanne got 20 victory royales or something? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> or,
3: or was that or she was hacked? I don't know if that was a real tweet.
0: Even if it wasn't. <laughs> no. Even if it was hacked, that's amazing. Pretty, I love the idea funny. of Roseanne getting it. But, um, you know, Battle Royale as a as a game type for me is not exciting because I need to have more objectives. And at least in Fortnite, there's like the build element, which gives it a little bit of variety over PUBG. But PUBG has, like, cool vehicles, but, you know, Fortnite's working on it. They're adding jetpacks and shit. Um, But I don't know. There's just nothing about Battle Royale that draws me in because I feel like there's so much just running around. And then all it takes is one shot, and then you're done. And I'm like, that's kind of a wah-wah for me. I need something a little bit more satisfying in my gameplay experience.
1: That's fair. I mean, I definitely go back and forth like this is I used to switch off between Fortnite and PUBG for probably like probably two months. That's all I played. And then I just hit this wall similar to you where I was just getting killed immediately. It felt like everyone got way better than me and I was just awful. And so it was like, "Ah, I'd rather play something else. But when you kill somebody, it's it feels good. It feels good. (laughs) Just quote that.
0: (laughs) yeah i don't i don't doubt the satisfaction of when you win it's good but um i just there's too much else to play right now i'm totally obviously like i've talked about on the show i'm like all the way in on monster hunter and now i'm playing assassin's creed and i still haven't played farewell i know some of you are wondering ladies and gentlemen where is the life is strange before the storm farewell episode spoiler cast well, we wanted to give you guys um, some time to play because it just came out last week. So we're we're still figuring out. And GDC is next week. We're having another special guest, Khalif Adams, is going to be on the show, which we're super excited about. So we're probably not going to do that next week, but um, we are working on it. Um, Sid, are you a Life is Strange fan?
1: So I got to play a little bit of. Um Uh, I got to play a like a small demo of the one that just came out but that's my first like intro into the whole thing and I was sucked in like all it took was that like maybe half hour and I am in it to win it so I actually that is one of the games that I have to play I have it sitting on my desk
0: that would be a good game to stream if you're open to that because it's such a it's such a tense game some of those decisions are really hard um, uh, something, uh, you know, just for funsies if you ever wanted to do it. But um, just so you guys know, we're planning on doing it. We don't have a specific time frame yet for when the spoiler cast is going to happen. But we'll give you a week of notice. But if you haven't played it yet, maybe, maybe put it on your to-do list of something that you should play within the next couple of weeks. Um, and we're going to be doing our spoiler cast of that soon, but we haven't forgotten about it. Just so everyone who's out there asking, being like, you guys haven't even talked about life is strange. Trust me. We know about it. We're yeah. thinking about it. It's on the brain. We also are really, you know, torn because we would love to get miss Alexa right in on the spoiler cast because she's been such a big part of all of the other ones. But you know, we want to make sure that she doesn't feel pressured to, for us to be waiting on her. And so it's very likely that we're going to be doing the spoiler cast before she comes back, just as like a, like a real talk FYI, but I'll keep you posted on when we plan to do that. Um, so this has been great. Uh, we're going to take another short break before we come back for our last segment where we're going to learn all about Sid, what she loves, how she got started in games, what she's working on now. So grab a drink, take a bath and break. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, and this is the final segment of the What's With Me podcast, and today we have our wonderful guest who's been with us all show, Miss Sydney Goodman. So, Sid, we talked briefly at the top of the show about your channel and about Twitch streaming and the other things that you're working on, but um, before we get to what you're working on currently, I'd like to talk about how you got into the games in the first place. Now, normally... When people ask me this question, I'm like, ugh, again, everyone asks me. So I feel it only necessary that I have to pass the burden on to you as our guest (laughs) to ask you, um, how did you you get into games? When did you start playing video games? Well, first, am I a complete
1: narcissist? I love it when people ask me this question. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, let me start from the beginning. Like, I love it. So I think you might have just revealed something about myself that I didn't know. Um, Right. (laughs) But I... have to say like it started with my dad he is a huge gamer and my mom actually has always said that when from the time that she found out that she was pregnant or they found out they were pregnant i
0: guess do you use those pronouns she was pregnant no i mean whatever happened we can have a debate about the we're pregnant thing later
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah we'll table that um but that my dad's biggest thing was as soon as our children have dexterity in their thumbs, they will be playing video games. And so I just always had a controller in my hand. I remember getting the Nintendo 64 for Christmas and my dad, like I didn't know what it was, My dad was just like, you'll love this. Don't worry. And just taught us how to play games. Um, And so I think it really kicked off though with Halo. Coincidentally, he would play um, how old was I when Halo came out? I was probably in like second grade. And, um, he would play it outside of my bedroom while I'd fall asleep. And eventually I like would walk out there and be like, Hey, I want to play, but the music scared me. So I didn't play Halo combat evolved with any sound up until I went and <laughs> replayed it.
0: Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I
1: just, cause I had no idea what was going on. And, um, uh, because they're like, Oh, like the little ominous yes. voices, it creeped me out. So I started playing Halo, They are a little bit, right? Yeah. It's creepy. Yeah. But, you know, killing aliens, that's not creepy at all. Nah, nah. Totally normal. <laughs> totally normal. So I started playing that. I played it with my dad. And then I have a brother. And it was something that was like a point of bonding for all of us, um, which I loved. And cont- and it was great that my brother got into it just because, like, as my dad got busier, we could still play together. So I grew up playing Halo, um, you know, played Fallout, Call of Duty, etc. And then um, I went to my first eSport event, which was MLG Anaheim in like 2013 or 14. And I think that's like where I really caught the bug that kind of catapulted me into where I am now. I remember watching, a, I watched Call of Duty and it was Optic and Evil Geniuses playing. And at that point, Shot was playing on Optic. And I remember the person I was with was like, oh, you should look him up. I think you'd really like his YouTube videos. And I was like, oh, OK. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing that these esport people, which I was super new to esports. So it was a lot of newness for me. <laughs> um, but he's like, look up Nadeshot. And I remember watching his vlogs and all the comments were like super positive, And they were like, wow, man, like you're really changing my life. And it was just like this sense of community. I don't know how I didn't see any saltiness, but somehow I did not see an ounce of salt. And it was like, oh, my gosh, like I want to be a part of this. I think I can do that. And that was a super naive thought because I only owned a Mac at that point, And I was like, I'll just buy a computer. It's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It's totally cheap. I can do it. No that, problem. <laughs> that was exactly
1: it. Well, and the dumb thing was I actually I bought my mic and my uh, camera and my Elgato before I even looked into what a PC needed. So I had everything and at that point I was like, well... <laughs>
0: Air quotes had everything.
1: Right? No, exactly. I was like, it can't be that expensive. And then I remember out of all places, I went to Best Buy and was like, hey, I'd like to purchase this thing to stream on. And he was like, I think this can do that. It couldn't. So then I bought this janky PC and streamed jankily for like a year. And my wonderful community helped me like build a PC that can actually handle streaming, which is incredible. Um, but yeah, and like through all that time, I started getting more involved in packs. I um, started working really closely with Red Bull eSports when they had their destiny partnership. So I had the privilege of um, being a part of, like, the Rift exhibition, which was when they debuted Rift, one of the multiplayer modes, and just fell in love with people, really. I'd say, like, as much as I love games, like, I love games, but I really think what, like, keeps you going when, you know, there's, like, not very many games coming out, or now this has luckily become my job, but sometimes a job is a job, and you're kind of like, eh but it's always the people that keep me coming back. Like I feel so blessed to know you guys and just the people who have like ushered me into this. So I feel really lucky that that was a long answer.
0: That's what so, <laughs> we needed. We we wanted the, all of the details and you did not leave anything out. And I think it's I think it's awesome that you have, you know, had such a unique experience because your experience getting into the business is so different from Steimer's story or my story or Brit's story. Mm-hmm. And that's what's awesome about That our industry is that there are so many different ways to be a part of the community and a part of the culture and a part of the business overall. And I find that super fascinating. So when you say my job, what is that for people listening? Like what is your job right now? So
1: my job right now, I receive my paycheck from BuzzFeed, (laughs) um, which is cool. So I work for BuzzFeed as a social, as a content strategist, which basically means that I think about our videos on YouTube and think about the best, who, what channel it should go on and the best audience for it. And basically think of how to put every video in the best position to succeed. So that starts from like thinking of the idea. Let's say, you know, Far Cry 5 com- is coming out and we're like, we should do a video on Far Cry 5. I'm helping hone in on like, what does that mean for BuzzFeed? How can we do this in the most successful way? Who are we trying to target? And then like, I'll be on set occasionally as far as like helping direct where we're going with it. And check out the edits and then it goes out to the people and I'm kind of the final set of eyes for that um, as well as like high level strategy. And on top of that, I also will produce videos if my main stuff lets me have time to do that. And and then I'm hosting, which is fun. So it's like nice because I never really know which hat I get to wear when I walk into the door.
0: That's awesome. I love Mm -hmm. that. Is there a particular video that you've worked on for BuzzFeed that you're proud of or that you would love people to go check out? Something that you're like, I did this thing and it was really cool?
1: Yeah, um, I would say that... Actually, the video I'm most proud of is going to come out next Thursday, so keep your eye out for that. It's called—well, we don't have an official title yet, but it's going to be called Second Chance Gaming or something related to that, which is really exciting. But the one that's currently out is probably—what its is the title? I think it's like, We Played Grand Theft Auto Without Breaking Any Laws, and I'm most proud of it— It seems impossible. It (laughs) was— Very difficult. Uh, very difficult. And actually, if you watch it, I'm not going to spoil it. You can go ahead and watch it and get angry because I'm very bad at it. Um, at being a law-abiding citizen. But I think that was super exciting just because it was like our first real gaming win at BuzzFeed. It like really hit. And that originally was why I came to BuzzFeed was to kind of birth what it meant for BuzzFeed to be covering games. So it meant a lot to everybody on the team just to like see people really resonate with the content we're making.
0: Yeah, it's been interesting watching BuzzFeed as a brand evolve from, you know, listicles, man, because we all really were introduced to BuzzFeed as like, 7 ways to tell you, you love southern california or like 13 ways to use quinoa that you never thought of right like mm, it's food. like the idea of uh, of buzzfeed was really just like them capitalizing on hitting these cultural moments that people really were thinking of and having their finger on the pulse in a way that no other outlet had really had before and watching them expand and add BuzzFeed news and entertainment and now going into gaming. It's going to be exciting to see where they can take them. And as long as they have people like you on board, I'm, you know, I'm along for the ride to see where they're going to go. Well,
1: thank you. Yeah. I'm excited to see what, what we come up with next—it's a really exciting time to be there. Um, so, what
0: about your um? What about your streaming channel? So, how often do you stream? Um, yeah, so I had
1: i usually stream three to four times a week. Um, it's been really interesting to go back to kind of Alexa's note of like prioritizing your health and just like my mental health really suffered when I was streaming full time and working. F- well, not streaming full time, but streaming as much as possible and working full time was like not very good for me. Yeah. Um, so I recently kind of stepped back and I'm doing three to four days a week, which is wonderful. And it was this weird thing where when I decided, I don't even know that I had like a really consistent schedule prior to deciding that I was cutting back, but it was this idea in my head that it was like, I need to stream as much as possible because like, I don't want to let my community down. And I realized that like, most of the people there want to see me happy and healthy. And so upon telling them, Hey, I'm super burnt out and I'm really, really struggling with like putting this pressure on myself. They're like, Oh my gosh, like don't worry about it. Stream when you can. Yeah. Great
0: girl. Exactly. Get a pedicure. Yeah. I stream
1: about three to four times a week. We, um, I usually am streaming multiplayer games. Um, just because I've found that my attention can't, sustain a story game and chat and i end up kind of just like halfing both um so yeah it's it's incredible i feel like streaming has been the biggest like explosion in my life just because who would have thought i didn't even know what a thing, and then all of a sudden it's become like one of the most important things to me
0: stiver you used to stream quite a bit did you find certain types of games were more difficult for you to stream than others What's funny is like I'm the
3: actual opposite of Sid, and I really liked streaming story-based games. Well, depends on the story. So like certain ones I wanted to play alone. Mm-hmm. If I re- like something like A Last of Us or any Bioware game, I wouldn't really want to stream because I like I like having those experiences to myself. Um, but otherwise, like anything Telltale loved streaming. Um, but I will say it was easier when there wasn't a story to pay attention to, because then you can kind of more engaged with the chat and you're still doing something over here, but sort of like, like for instance, the Sims, the Sims was great because you're, you have a good conversation going and then you just murder all of your chances. <laughs> well, I feel like in a game, casual murder happening in the background.
1: Right. Well,
0: I feel like in a game like the Sims, there's more downtime that you could like leave your Sim, you know, momentarily to address the chat or to talk to chat or answer questions. And it's not going to negatively, adversely affect the gameplay. Whereas in a game Mm -hmm. like Destiny, for example, it's never, you can never pause it, right? It's like always live. And so unless you're in orbit, you know, you really have to like be on your toes all the time. Same with like a lot of multiplayer games. Like if you're in the middle of a match, you can't like stop and look at what chat's doing. You got to be like eyes up all the time onto the action that's happening on screen. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I'd have to say maybe it's because I found the right people to play with. And so they understand and they kind of will pick me up a little bit if I'm like, they won't get too frustrated if I'm completely distracted by what's happening because like during a respawn, I looked at chat for too long, but I think I've almost mastered the art of looking at chat just enough, but not pissing off the people I'm playing with. I think they haven't said anything to me yet. Yeah. What
0: are some of like the, the lessons learned from someone like you who streams quite a bit? Are there any pro tips that you would give to people who are looking to get into streaming or or who are currently streaming uh, things that you have found success with?
1: Yeah. um, I mean, my biggest tip and this is, I'm rolling my own eyes, that this is a tip that, but just like be yourself.
2: (laughs) Thanks girl. Andrea's holding up the back. She said hello. (laughs) Um,
1: yeah just be yourself I've found that what I get the most out of streaming and what people have said they get the most out of my streams is just like being pretty real with people and you know I know it's important to like Yeah, guys, streaming's great. I'm so happy all the time. But I think the most meaningful streams and my best streams have kind of been when I can say, you guys, I had an awful day, and we're going to blow off some Steam, and we're going to play some Halo, and that's just kind of where I'm at. And it's really opened the floor to the community which is what's important to me I know that other people watch streamers because they're like the best Fortnite streamer I'm looking at you ninja and like (laughs) I get that that's a thing but I am nowhere near that caliber and I've understood that so kind of like find what you're good at and that people can tell when you're not having a good time so it's tempting to play like the biggest game but if you hate that game don't
3: play it right yeah, people can tell. People
1: can tell, and, like, you're not having a good time, and other people aren't having a good time. So I think my biggest pieces of advice would be to be yourself, play games that you want to play, and now Twitch has, like, IRL and crafting and music. Like, if it's not a game, then, you know, draw or play the piano or whatever makes you happy. Or make up stupid songs. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: You should do that, Steimer. That no. should be your new the, thing. The thing is...
3: As uh, like you mentioned earlier, said when you were saying you were streaming a lot and it was kind of taking a toll on you. That's kind of why I stopped streaming was just because it was it was just too much. There was too much happening. It was too much. It was more stressful than it was fun at that point. Yeah. And since I wasn't making a lot of income from it, it was kind of like, why am I doing this? Yeah, I have to say, I think that I also benefited
1: from I started working like started a career path outside of streaming that I was excited about. So it definitely took off a pressure because I started streaming when I was at college. And I think part of my thing was like, I need to stream because it's going to get me somewhere. I don't know where that somewhere is, but, you know, I need to keep doing this. And so as I started working full time, be like, hey, I really like what I'm doing. I definitely felt less of a pressure to put everything on this. And I think my streams benefited from it, honestly, because I'm sure I was really tense during those streams when I felt like I need to make this my job versus, hey, I really enjoy this. And like, if it grows, amazing. But if it doesn't, I'm doing it because I really love this.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, it's one of those things that... Um, streaming for me was always an afterthought because when I started working in digital video, YouTube was the predominant platform. And when we were streaming, it was always to you stream or Justin. And Twitch mm-hmm. didn't really become a thing until like 2013, 2014 was really kind of when it started to take off like a rocket. And now obviously they're everywhere and they're huge and they've really just been having like exponential growth year over year. And sometimes, you know, fans of ours will be like, why don't you guys stream more? And I feel like I can never give enough. I feel like the streaming community just wants so much of your time. They want you to stream for so many hours and to be able to hit people in all of the different time zones. You have to – it really is a full-time job. I mean, you look at guys like – like Ninja or like Dr. Disrespect or any of the other thousands of full-time streamers out there. I mean, they're streaming six, seven days a week sometimes, like anywhere from five to ten hours a day. That's bananas. I can't even imagine being on for that. And I am a terrible streamer. Even when we stream for What's Good, I always – praise Steimer on her ability to balance the gameplay in the chat because I just get terrible gamer face. I'm just like glazed (laughs) over. I forget the chat's even there. I'm like super focused on what I'm doing. And I'm like, this is a shitty experience for everybody that's watching. And I feel bad. I mean, I love the streams that we do together because it's really fun and we're goofy and we have a good time. But when I stream solo, there's just something about it for me that's such a big disconnect, and I wish that I I liked it more because I love that our community really wants to share that with us. I'm just, you guys, I'm just a terrible streamer. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say it.
3: You know that it is like a lot of people are like, oh, you sit around and you play video games and you get money. And it's like, no, they're entertainers. Like they're, you have to think of it more as as entertainment. Um, because I was always so drained after streaming and one day honestly i turned off the like when as soon as i stopped i just cried what oh i was just like i just and, like and i was like doing the voice like you're like doing the voices you're doing the whole rigmarole and then like i turned it off and then i was like i'm gonna go cry in my bedroom now and i did and like it wasn't i can't remember why i it may have exhaustion? just been like i don't know tired exhaustion whatever but um i think it's just important that people don't think of it and dismiss it as like some bullshit job because it's right. And, yeah. and Brit,
0: you did a little bit of streaming when you were working with Blonde Nerd, but you predominantly did Let's Plays. Is there a reason why you didn't stream more? Or you preferred Let's Plays over streaming?
2: I think I preferred Let's Plays over streaming because I had the worst luck with technical shit. And so I felt like whenever I would start streaming, something would go haywire. But at least if we're doing a Let's Play, you know, you can fix the issue when it happens. And And I think for me too, Simon, like when I'm streaming, I I feel like I have to be on, on, on. And so I'm trying to be on while I'm playing a game, Then I'm trying to be on for the chat. And, you know, I love running social media for what's good. I love running social media for Blonde Nerd. I love doing social media, but that also takes a lot of energy as well because Mm -hmm. you have to be on for social media, you know, so it kind of drains from the same pool. And so what I found is trying to run, you know, few different brands and try to because I love being happy and like I like feel good social media. I like people to feel included and wanted and but to do that it requires a lot of my energy. So then to do that and then try to like do a stream where I have to be on even more, it's usually around like five o'clock I kinda just crash. I just want to live my best life, which is me in sweatpants with greasy ass hair, playing a controller and just like shutting off the rest of the world for a couple hours. And that's how I recharge. I know That sounds real good. Yeah, I mean I know some people can recharge by streaming into them. It's super relaxing, but to me it's it just I have to be on again and I really need that recharge period, which is why I think uh let's plays were a little more relaxing in that sense because I could just play it and I didn't have to worry about reading chat. Not that I didn't like reading chat, but yeah, no, it's a different experience yeah, for sure. sure as
0: from a creator standpoint. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. If I was going to start streaming said if I had never mm-hmm. streamed before, what are like the, like, let's say like the top three things that are the most important outside of the obvious, which is like get a good microphone, Avi <laughs> number one. What are like the three pro tips that you would say if you want to stream? These are what I recommend. Sid's pro tips.
1: Sid's pro tips. Well, I'm going to start with pro tip zero, which is please try it on like, Don't buy equipment until you know you like this, even if it means like starting just doing like an Instagram live or like anything that involves reading a chat and you reacting. Please, please, please learn from my mistake and try it first and see if you like it before investing all this money. I mean, I'm so happy that I dove headfirst into streaming, but I was in some financial hurt as an irresponsible college student that just decided this was something that I was going to do. So with that out of the way. That's that's um, great advice. first, First would be interact with chat. I think that that is, like, a huge driving force for, A, showing your personality, and, B, why people will stay in your channel. Like, they'll click on your channel for whatever reason. But at the end of the day, if you're playing totally silently, unless you're the best player that's ever hit the platform, which, no offense, but you probably aren't, then... Why are people going to stay and watch you like enjoy that? You can build a community on the platform. I think that's so exciting and that people should take advantage of that by talking with the people that are coming. Um, My second piece of advice would be don't stream with your numbers up. That was something that I learned later on um, where I would stream with my viewer count up and like, I get super bummed when I saw the number go down by like two people That's not a big deal, but I'd be like, oh my gosh, why are they leaving? Am I not being funny enough? Am I not like saying enough jokes? What am I doing wrong? And you start analyzing that instead of paying attention to chat and then the numbers go down more. And so it's kind of this like roundabout effect and going back to what I said about, you know, play games you enjoy and like have a good time looking at your numbers while you're streaming. Absolutely. You will have a bad time. That's just. Can (laughs) confirm. You have a bad time. Um, And I'm not saying don't ever look at your numbers. I mean, if you're trying to learn and grow, it's super fun to look at analytics and see, like, oh, people didn't like when I just sat on the menu and, like, talked about my cat for a while. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't do that.
0: However, (laughs) right? They would hate my streams then. (laughs) Don't ever come watch me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I think that people enjoy that more than watching my sad gameplay sometimes, but zone you know and then my third piece of advice gosh be yourself ah oh, somebody please mute my mic just like stop me from saying that again. <laughs> <laughs> but there's so many wonderful streamers on the on you know on Twitch on just on the internet there's lovely personalities and as much as you like can admire them and look up to them and take a lot of inspiration from them like I think you have the best chance of like grabbing an audience if that's your goal, when you're like showing off what makes you unique and just like connecting with people, I have found that that is what I get the most out of Twitch. And I think that's what people get the most out of my stream. Um, Especially as I've stopped focusing so much on like growing it to its max. And I've kind of just been like, well, these people have been with me for like three years and they've been with me when I've taken like four months off and they've come back. So, we're pals at this point. We're in it to win it. So let's just hang out.
0: That's awesome, That's, though. I think that yeah. this is all really, really fantastic advice that you're giving to people who are contemplating getting into streaming. And I have a lot of respect for you and for Steimer and everybody else out there who has put so much time into learning the platform, into streaming. It's it's like we've been talking about. It's a skill it's not something that you just do it's not you, like you're just turning on a camera and a microphone and playing a game like it's like these people who have found success didn't find it overnight like there's a lot of people want to point at a guy like Ninja or even a guy like Dr. Disrespect and go like oh like they just came out of nowhere when in reality like Ninja has been streaming for years you know mm-hmm, and he just yeah. recently was able to find this skyrocketed success with, with Fortnite but he has been working and honing his craft and 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 doing it for for a long time he's put in he's put in the the sweat equity um and mm-hmm. i think that it's awesome to see streamers uh, big and small people that we've worked with uh and haven't worked with really finding success with streaming and um i wish you nothing but the best so if people want to find you, you and come and follow you and subscribe to you or give you bits yeah. or whatever the thing is now on twitch <laughs> uh where did they do that sid
1: uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash sidsogood, and that's S-Y-D, so good, S-O-G-O-O-D, and I'm live, for sure, on Mondays and Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific time, and then the other two streams kind of float somewhere between Friday and Sunday, so keep an eye out on that. So you can also just follow me on Twitter, and I tweet it out every time I go live. So that's twitter.com slash Love to have you there.
0: Awesome. And what's the uh, what's the BuzzFeed channel where we can catch your gaming content? Uh,
1: it is youtube.com slash BuzzFeed Blue. Uh, every once in a while, you'll see me pop up on another channel, but BuzzFeed Blue is where it's my home base.
0: Awesome. Leave a nice
1: comment about how much you love BuzzFeed gaming.
0: We will. Do we're it. Gonna go, we're going to go and do that, <laughs> and I'm sure Britt would have no problem bringing what's good over there and giving you a thumbs up and a and a hey and a, like a hey check out sid over on, on what's good hey girl hey. Uh, hey ladies do you have any final questions or party thoughts for sid before we wrap up
2: Sid, you're a wonderful beautiful human i didn't really get to know you before this but you're I really know. fun and bubbly and very likable and i enjoyed having you on
1: Oh my gosh! This is so nice. I will <laughs> gladly, if you ever want to have me back, I we can start a new thing. Britt will just shower me with compliments, and I will react in awkward ways. I can see it now.
2: No, I love, love a it. Thing I love here. this
0: segment. I love it. <coughs> As I cough, into my is coughing. Um, <laughs> this is what's great about what's good. We're all about sharing the positivity and, and spreading the yeah. love. Um, well. Sid, again, thank you so much for, for being on the show and talking to us about streaming and what you're doing. We, we loved having you. We love, um, spreading the word about other people doing awesome things in the video game space. So please do go visit her on all of the sites. We'll, do, we'll have all those links in the show notes for podcast listeners and in the YouTube description for people who are watching at youtube.com slash what's good games, which by the way, if you guys listen to the show on podcast, you never watch the video, it still would mean a lot to us if you head on over to our YouTube channel and hit the subscribe button. Even if you never actually watch the videos, just, just doing that would, would really mean a lot to us. Just, it's just a small token. And, and vice versa, if you watch it on YouTube and you never listen on podcast, maybe open up an app like Overcast or open up your Google Play. Or you go to Spotify and click the subscribe button. We really, we really appreciate that as well. And don't forget, we still are promoting our awesome new designs on our merch store. That's teespring.com/slash stores/slash what's good games. If you guys want to check those out, we have some new stuff that's in the pipeline that we're hopefully going to announce semi soon but we have a lot of, of stuff happening in the merch store right now which is really exciting um, and um, I can't decide which one is my favorite if it's the baby ass baby mode if it's the goodbye forever <laughs> baby, baby ass baby, baby mode, baby mode, mode. Baby I'm thinking about making it into it's a, just such a fun I'm thing about to making say it into a pillow to put on set <gasps> yes yes yeah? I okay, want it on so my couch we'll add the pillow into the store so if you also would like a baby ass baby mode pillow uh, you could buy it. We'll, we'll, we'll work on getting that for you guys. But, um, thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, don't forget, once again, patreon.com slash what's good games. That March exclusive video is up right now. Us talking to Pikachu and the secret segment is coming soon where we talk about some of our experiences in high school. It was oh a really good conversation, you guys. If you have never subscribed to the secret segment tier in Patreon, This might be the one to get you in. Oh, boy. It's a fun one. Yeah. It was so much fun. They're coming soon. Um, Thank you so much again to everybody. Have a fantastic weekend, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye, everybody.